and welcome to episode 403 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm Michael Reparas coming to you from the Joe Biden is not a patron <laughs> studio of the airwaves. Who else is here with me? Patreon.com slash laser time. Christopher Antista, all about unity and none of the malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie Sanders stole my mittens, Matthew Allen. <laughs> and special guest, the world's biggest, oldest Bible, Tony Wilson. <laughs> That thing was the Belmont Family Bible, dude. That was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's an item you pick up in Bloodborne and you yeah. use to bludgeon enemies. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I saw that referred to as the Van Helsing Bible. Like, yeah. there's so many good memes. I, I, didn't, I didn't know if I wanted to swear on it or throw it at a skeleton. <laughs> it fit like two volumes of Dragon Ball Z in that Bible. I mean, <laughs> thanks to today, I do have a sick new Twitter banner image as well. Somebody photoshopped Bernie in his chair as Doctor Manhattan on Mars, and yes, so that is my yeah. new Twitter banner. Because could I've not seen, pass that I'm, on. I'm only disappointed they, they didn't put him on the backroom casting couch because that, like that's just a perfect pose. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm I've the only one who understands before. that reference. I've never done this before, but I'll try. <laughs> I guess. I didn't think I'd be doing this today. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like the view? Oh, we have an all-male demographic. If if anybody's laughing at that. And Matt is a lot, by the way. I mean, I I just really respect your Bernie impersonation, your your commitment to the character. So, world's biggest Bible, where can people see more of you and your gigantic-ass pages? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, all the pages are on uh, my YouTube channel, Framework. Uh, you can find that at uh, tinyurl.com slash frameworkyt. I do videos on the small things that make a big difference in your favorite games. So I'm going to talk about games that hopefully you already like, but from a perspective that maybe you haven't thought of before. Uh, it's going to be a fun show. As you can tell, we are recording this on Inauguration Day. And Once again, on an, a, a momentous Wednesday, why do we yeah. keep doing this when yeah, something historic happens? Like, all the, all the game news happens, like, on Fridays, the new releases come out on Tuesdays, and all the real-world shit goes down on Wednesdays now. Right. I can't keep mm-hmm. up with this staggered release schedule. It's so ridiculous. I'm, but I'm kind I'm, of looking forward to things in the real world should be getting pretty boring. It's pretty sick. They but at least the president will. It was hard to doom scroll today. Yeah, I don't know, was... guys. I don't know. He, I heard he has a Peloton. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah, scandal. yeah I know. We're back to fucking tan suit bullshit I mean, scandals. <laughs> I will take yeah. it. It's, it's good day one. I keep wanting to apologize COVID, yeah. to like the last four years. I feel like I've been preoccupied with chaos and nonsense and terror. It's made it difficult to concentrate on things that I like that we normally podcast about. I'm excited to to do that again. And I'm drinking a lot to celebrate. <laughs> so I'm saying that right off the bat. Everybody has that one relative who you worry about what they're going to say to the family that day. Mm-hmm. That's who we had leading our country for four years. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now you can wake up and not have to worry about that. Yeah. yeah. Every, the, you can worry the last about president things. was a more racist version of me. Mm. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, He wasn't that clever. Come on. Oh, oh! That was a compliment. Yes, you. yes, it was. Yes, yes. I know you can read. We have show notes. You he, read, he so. did come up with bozo trigger. I've never said that in my own voice. Bozo trigger. <laughs> bozo trigger. Bozo trigger. <laughs> private these are, eye. These are bozo uh, trigger RPGs is the greatest like. RPG of the nineties. Uh, my my favorite trigger. thing I wrote in the last month. Uh, 
Final Failure C Deep Fake Seven. Um, seven. Never mind. <laughs> wow, that's, that's, a, that's a real smoky bong bluntry of a word yeah, salad. Yeah, it was, right it was there. intentional. <laughs> it was intentional, but that's all he's got. And like, I don't know how he's doing it now. I think he's just texting people, sending out mass texts, <laughs> parlor people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dear friends. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a fun show. It is. A time of political rebirth, and therefore, we're going to be talking about uh, reboots. But because Hitman 3 is also coming out this week, representing the third, hopefully successful chapter in a reboot trilogy, we're going to be talking specifically about reboot trilogies. That is to say, someone hit the reset button at some point, said we don't want to work with this continuity anymore, Uh, we need to start over, we need to reimagine all the characters... And people liked the new thing that they came up with so much that it got at least two more games that were, you know, right. pretty good in most cases. It's, it's, I, like, uh, did I come up with this? I can't remember. Uh, Maybe Matt did. I think it was a joint but, effort. We, we um, were workshopping it, yeah. It was just the idea that, like, it's, it's another one of those things where, like, gaming is the only medium where I think this works. Every reboot is typically a failure in any mm. other medium. Except yeah. for that alternate universe where I'm told there are 900 seasons of Hawaii Five O, I don't know that that's true. I just heard that it might. Yeah, none of starring, you can corroborate. James Con's son, I think, right? Yes. Isn't Scott and, yeah, Scott Conn. And, and poor, poor Jin, who never got off the island. He has been on that show the entire time. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I mean, man. I if don't feel seen... bad for him. He lives on Hawaii. He's yeah. fine. If you've seen that Subway sandwich ad placement scene, uh, you understand why they're still around I because they are bringing that. in that cash. But again, like, there's enough there to lead me to believe, like, is this a joke? Does this really exist? Why is? Th- I don't know. I don't know a human. I know human beings from every age, demographic, and multiple states and countries, and none of them have watched Hawaii Five O ever. And I think it's been <laughs> on for nine seasons. And I'm saying that because it has the. Look, I don't know music very well. The theme song that is one of the best yes. songs of all time. When I die, I want Michael and Matt surfing my coffin as spotlights go around <laughs> to the Hawaii Five O theme song. I can do that, and that's it's it, it's got to be less than a year, but we'll we'll try it. And, so, and, and, but so but, yes, TV and movies very they usually have failure reboots, and there's they get nothing two two at best. Like maybe mm, a right. reboot gets two films, and I'm not. We did. We talked about this a lot on, the, on another podcast I just did. Yeah, the Brady Bunch movie was very successful because it was a reboot in a different medium. Almost mm. in any other medium, people don't want to see that rebooted or started over. But gaming is pretty okay with it. In fact, it that's kind another of one of those. If you want to feel old things, there's been more time between when the Brady Bunch movie came out and now. Then between when yeah. the original Brady Bunch series ran and when the Brady Bunch movie came, yeah, out. but like like at the two Adams Family movies are amazing, mm-hmm. but they've mm-hmm. never been able to successfully reboot the show ever. Mm-hmm. Well, there are a no. few things sadder than a video game failed reboot trilogy because just the nature of video games they require lots of planning and it's just like. I guess what Sonic, the Sonic Four would be a good example so- of like Sonic has rebooted himself like sixteen times technically, mm, yeah. And, and, and like uh, we like I had brought up like Donkey Kong Country because that that is a successful reboot of Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. It, it yes. is it brought him into a new medium and he, he hung out. He was a single screen character for a long time and then got a very successful. He got two reboots out of like the side scrolling era. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and, and we, we talked about Metroid Prime and Wind Waker. Like, yeah, it, it is technically very rare that, like, complete deviations and restarts or alternate timelines get trilogies. But, like, mm. 
George Lucas thought he could do it. <laughs> well, I think I think one thing unique about the gaming medium is not only can you just redo graphics, redo characters, you can actually change the genre. So yeah, Donkey yes. Kong's a great example. Like you yeah. became a true side-scrolling platformer yep. instead of a one what do you call it, the original Donkey Kong, a one-screen platformer or something like that. Like Metroid yes. became an itselfvania and then became a first-person shooter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was also mm-hmm. just an itselfvania but in 3D. Right. Yeah. Right. But like like Tony's YouTube channel framework, we're keeping it positive <laughs> with only successful reboots on this top five. Right, because like Michael, Michael and I, just when we work together, we I could go like, hey, you remember the Dead to Rights Retribution demo? Yes. Remember the Splatterhouse demo? <laughs> <laughs> remember wow. all I these things that say, like... I can't remember a failed one, and you just reminded me of two. Yeah. Dude, I, I, oh, there I, were many. I, did, I did the Blanc's Adventure wow. reboot ever come out? I no, don't I don't think know. so. Uh, but, but we... Yeah, the games industry leans really hard on reboots because games are more expensive than movies and have is, technically has a smaller audience but makes more money if enough people spend over 20 bucks. Mm. But, yeah, so on certain, uh, there are certain... It's actually, I don't know, a little rarer than we all think that a, a series is rebooted or throws away its canon or genre and reboots in the gaming genre. It gets a trilogy out of it. A trilogy! And Hitman is yeah. there, baby! Yeah, now, Michael, I remember you had some very uh, specific yes. rules to well, this. Well, I was going to separate... say, it's not just successful reboots, it's also continuity reboots. So we argued for a while about like whether Metroid Prime is a reboot. I think it isn't, because it ran concurrently with the rest of the series, and uh, yeah, that, that's takes just place Metroid's... within the canon. That's just its jump to 3D. In the in the same way that Mario 64 was the jump to 3D. I, it's not a reboot of Mario. I still disagree, Tony. You weren't there. But if that were the case, then Metroid Prime Pinball would just be called Metroid Pinball. It's called Metroid Prime Pinball. Hello. Because Prime di- Rib. It's a different thing. No, it has nothing to do with that. It had touch controls. Samus eats Prime Rib in all the cutscenes. Prove me and, wrong. And, and, and ultra sadly, Donkey Kong Country and Mega Man X are technically canonical storylines that occur later down the line <laughs> they're just that is yeah that is true once it cranky is. kong is or not cranky once wrinkly kong is dead she is dead and her ghost appears all the time yeah good lord that's grim yeah it's you true. do not want to know more about the donkey kong canon but i swear to christ no. i'll ruin this whole show with it okay it's Honestly, it's fascinating. <laughs> the stuff that is in there is fascinating. Well, we are we are going to talk about continuity resetting, successful reboot trilogies, because we like being hyper-specific around here, because we're 403 <laughs> episodes in, and it's hard it's to come up you, with baby. ideas. It's just you. I think you guys passed 400 since I was last on, by the way, so yes. congrats on that. Well, thank you. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. Well, actually, you were on 400. I want to do the top five Mario games. <laughs> I think we need to re-explore the barrels episode. I want to do the top ten Mario Party game. All right, well, let's get into these right after this. Hello, fellow nerf herders. Did you not like Last Jedi, Rise of the Skywalker, or would you just prefer a majority of Star Wars fans take a slow walk into a volcano? What I'm saying is, are you sick of Star Wars? Well, I thought I was, but my co-host Jerry and Adam beg to differ. Except when they don't. Get ready for a whole lot of love, a whole lot of hate, and a whole lot of geeky therapy in our new series. Sick of Star Wars with a big giant question mark. Exclusively available at patreon.com slash laser time. Here's a little taste. My but the Boba Fett's story being introduced and hyped for two years. That's something the first Star Wars didn't really have. They had a trailer, but no one like was expecting anything from Luke Skywalker. When you announce a character like that, that looks cool as hell. And yeah. then he's in 
a movie and doesn't do that much. And then he's in another movie and does somehow even worse. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, right. His, his course... But he looked great doing it. He did. He looked great doing it. In another episode, the story I wanted to get into was um, Boba Fett was, for all intents and purposes, set up to be the, the next bad following Darth Vader. And George Lucas just says, man, I don't feel like doing any more movies. And just really cruelly murdered him <laughs> in front of all literally of us. Literally threw him away. Yeah, threw, yeah. literally threw him away. throw away, yeah. <laughs> My monkey. Oh, that's Sick of Star Wars, available exclusively at patreon.com slash lasertime, along with weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive bonus podcasts, and more for just five bucks. And that's in addition to the brand new show, Sick of Star Wars, an angst-ridden podcast saga told in nine parts. Listen long and prosper. This is so wizarding. And we're back to talk about what? Uh, reboots that were powerful enough to get three games. Yes. The world's biggest Bible. The most powerful reboots of all time. Well, actually not counting Mega Man X. Because Look, I like, used to write like game heights. I cannot speak in those terms. The most epic. Epic. <laughs> Beginning with... Number five. I'm Rachel, hunter and slayer of fiends. So that was a fiend. You don't see them much nowadays. It's hard to believe they were ever human, isn't it? Human? Anyone with susceptibility to the curse, whether they are a saint or a sinner, can succumb to it and become a fiend. So what does that make you? Complex. Ooh, what's this? Oh, I love Ninja Rachel Gaiden. and the Fiends. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite band. <laughs> yeah. This is Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, this oh. is 2004, Xbox's answer to Devil May Cry, Ninja Gaiden. It took a beloved side-scrolling NES series that hadn't been heard of since kind of a, a shitty remastering to Super Nintendo and turned it into, uh, again, a beloved 3D action platforming right. combat series. Like, well, it was the extreme action, I think, was the genre. Yeah, on, on the tip I wanted was talking about last week where our, our age sometimes can make us forget how old we are, but I, I, I have a feeling there's a, 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 a sect of gamers who loves Ninja Gaiden and knows it as a 3D trilogy of hard 3D combat, and it's a footnote that it was ever a 2D game. Yeah, But Ninja Gaiden, for someone my age, was like so fucking momentous yeah in terms yeah. of like basically creating the video game cutscene. Mm -hmm. I, I never thought of it as hard maybe because the second one i was given a 80 page guide with my nintendo power yes. subscription <laughs> um, no the, the hard one was three because it limited you to three continue so you couldn't just basically continue scum your way through the whole thing yeah yeah the remake was it was it was really cool. It let you do in 3D a lot of the stuff that was suggested by the 2D games. You could run on walls like Prince of Persia. You could slash the shit out of some enemies. You could dismember fools and do a bunch of cool kicks and stuff. And it was also... I, I think it was the first... I, I know that this had happened many times before, but I think this was the first time it really pinged my radar when they started doing that thing that Japan often does when a game is successful. It's like, no, 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 no. Here's the definitive version. So mm. Ninja Gaiden came along, was successful. It's like, well, now here's Ninja Gaiden Black. What's black about it? It's really fucking hard. Yeah, <laughs> and then Sigma was the PlayStation versions of the game. Mm -hmm, it was, mm -hmm. Yeah. But what I liked about this as a reboot is what, what I think 
probably on our list, all of these, the good reboots do is they do incorporate a lot of the elements from the first, but they interpret them. So like Ninja Gaiden, we were just talking, known for its difficulty a lot, that original Mm. series. And this, well, at least the first game, like that's one of the things they were touting is like, no, this is actually like a really difficult, hard action game. It Mm. was known for being cinematic. Obviously, this is in 3D, so it's totally cinematic in a different way, but super cinematic, but it incorporated all the shit that you knew and loved, like the dragon sword and yes. all that stuff from, from the original that was all there, but just kind of told in, in a different way. But then it also, like, paid respects to other stuff that, like, Team Ninja had done. Like, it included, is it Ayane from, from the DOA yeah. franchise? Yeah, technically this is a spinoff of Dead or Alive because Hayabusa, Ryu Hayabusa, right. the main character, was brought back first as a character in Dead or Alive. Yeah. And and even then like as a as a diehard like 80s Ninja Gaiden fan like I didn't find out about that until like sometime in the late 90s in college and like huh oh that's neat I should try to play that sometime. <laughs> can, can you yeah. imagine when either of those were viable franchises? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long. It really has. You know, what is what is Tecmo up to these days? They don't got any bowls going on. Making uh, Age of Calamity, I think. I was gonna say, with it being so long, like when is when's the last time? When was number three? It was like two thousand nine or something. Like it's well, been... there was there was something after three, but we don't talk about that. I, don't, I honestly don't time. remember that. No, <laughs> oh, you mean, um, you mean Yaiba? Yeah, oh, Yaiba. Right. Yaiba. Have a but, suck. But what was interesting with 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 uh, you know you mentioned it's been a while. Like, I guess I'm of the generation that should. <laughs> I'm, like, of the generation that should know this and not know the original mm. right, but, like, I guess just based on, you know, what I did for a living, I guess, is yeah. why I do know the original as well, but it, it, we're even past that now, where I feel like now if you ask somebody who's, like, you know, only come to games in the last few years because they're a younger person, they're not even going to know what this is, you know? Like, yeah, even man. this, it, like, it's time for another reboot at this point, honestly. It's, yeah. it's like talking to them about Jimmy Kahn movies. But 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 bringing up Yaiba is like a good example because like that is a spinoff of a reboot. <laughs> That's how big the Ninja Gaiden franchise was originally thought to be, and it wasn't that it's six seven years ago, but it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a studio exists with the name Team Ninja mm-hmm. specifically for for those games, and it's like other than than. Team Ninja games, like, what? Seriously, I'm being honest. What does Tecmo publish anymore? Like, I don't get it. They had a good football game for a while, but yeah, their name was synonymous with a football game and, and a ninja game, and I I don't know a ton else I could tell you about right now. Well, I mean, Ninja, ninja Gaiden, like, depending on how you want to look at it, this is actually a whole bunch of games, because, yeah, right. as you pointed out, Matt, when it came to PS3, it became Ninja Gaiden Sigma, and in the first game, I remember that was like, oh, we toned down the blood, but we toned up the uh, the breast physics and stuff. So it's it's more of a horny game, less of a violent game. <laughs> oh God, our industry. Once again, that's how they the sell it in uh, America versus uh-huh. yeah, exactly. Europe. It's, it's, well, it's for you know for the Xbox people versus the the PlayStation people. The, and, the first the first interview I ever did uh, was with Itagaki mm-hmm. um, with you, Michael. My yeah. third week at Games Radar. Yeah, I, I do remember at E3, if you proved you were above a certain age, you got a different set of bo- booth babes at the Tegmo booth for a while. It was yeah. really strange. Wow. Just I, b- bouncier boob physics. 
I could not tell if that was a joke. I really couldn't. That, like, it that was, was a it's such a weird. Joke. That was a joke. It's such a weird. It was such a weird era. It yeah, really was. like it's totally credible. And like, yeah, looking back at some of these games, it's like holy shit, the games. I forgot how horny the games industry was sure. in the mid to late two thousands. But I, I guess less horny, a little bit like uh, Sigma Two. So Ninja Gaiden Two came out. And uh, it was like, it really amped up the gore. It gave you a pair of cool-ass claws. You could just, like, flit around dismembering monsters like crazy. There was buckets of blood everywhere. And then Sigma 2 came out for PS3. And, again, toned down the dismemberment, I think. Also toned down, like, the number of enemies. It added some weird bosses. Like, I think in the original 2, you just, like, fight through the Statue of Liberty. In Sigma 2, the Statue of Liberty comes alive, stomps across Liberty Island, and jumps into the water, and then you have to fight her from the waist up, like, you know, with just, any Just big like boss. Ghostbusters 2. Exactly. That's what you do in exactly. 2. Jackie Wilson music. Yeah, so that that's really <laughs> weird. It also added new playable characters. I expected the Dragon Ninja, but we've caught a Shrine Maiden instead. Give Sanji back to me. You are a fool to have come alone. Your recklessness will cost you. Careful! Don't underestimate her! Uh, that is Momiji, a character who was introduced in the DS spin-off Dragon Sword. Get it? And she's going to save a little ninja boy named Sanji and, and meets a couple of crow demons. Um, but yeah, that those, those segments weren't in the original. And then 3 was really weird. Does anyone remember the ad campaign for 3? Wasn't that just the bloody one, the gore, that it was all about the gore? Was that Yeah, too- but the marketing for that was, like, very heavily based on this sequence, like, where it's like, I am not a hero. And, like, Ryu's just, like, slowly marching toward this, like, terrified soldier. He's like, no, don't kill me! And then he kills him. And <laughs> But Ryu gets cursed and can't use the dragon sword anymore. The words of the curse resonated with the blade of your dragon sword, broke down its structure, then melted into your arm, together with all the malice and hate it encapsulated. It was a simple spell to weave. Malice and hate. Think. Think! How many lives has that hand taken? Hundreds? Thousands? The blood of those you have cut down infused your sword, together with their vengeful hatred. Liquid. Um, I was gonna say that is some Metal Gear ass plot right there. <laughs> yeah. When you, you know, hear one thing it you kind of from over. the cutscene, it just sounds so anime. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's Troy Baker as Ryu in in three oh. also. So. One thing you kind of brushed over is the reason for Sigma is the original Ninja Gaiden only came to Xbox because the mm-hmm. claim was don't know if this is true. It was the only system powerful enough to run it. It was basically a big co-marketing program with, with Microsoft. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. check out this cool exclusive game. I, I, I remember they, they worked our shit over with that kind of spiel. But I but w- what I really imagine now in terms of this conversation is that was that was a powerful Japanese brand that Xbox could throw money at and allow mm-hmm. them to do whatever they want. And yeah, it Japanese team, Japanese brand. This was right. another way Microsoft was trying to trying to sell that, units in Japan unsuccessfully. You we, know? We, yeah, unsuccessfully and clearly abandoned that practice. But uh, it was an Xbox exclusive for a long time. And every time it came in another system, it had a different name. Whatever, Chris. So, I'm going to go play Blue Dragon, all right? So fuck off. <laughs> all right, Mist Walker. You do whatever you want. <laughs> Lost Odyssey? Was Lost Odyssey another one of their yeah. attempts? Yeah, I believe. Yeah. yeah. 
man. But all, all valiant shit, and usually, usually giving a bunch of uh, egomaniacs the license to do whatever they wanted to, so they always make something interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, with a bunch of fucking first party money, and Ninja Gaiden was just that. It really was. Yeah, and, you know, I think you can you can get it now on Game Pass, or you can still get Black. I believe. Yeah, on I think your so. Xbox. And, and Black is like weirdly, like not only backward compatible on current Xboxes, yeah. but I think I, I read that it's like 4K native. Yeah, yeah, it's mm. it's it's been upgraded so you can play it in 4K. No, the uh, only way I want to play that is with the Duke controller. All right, if I'm not Duke. playing with the Duke, am I really playing Ninja Gaiden? I, don't I do. So. If I'm not playing a controller that looks like it should be in the first Iron Man's chest, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what am I really doing? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did make a replica Duke a little while ago with like a an they interactive uh, LED pa- like a uh, little video screen panel in the center. Yeah, would oh, play yeah, the yeah. old Xbox intro animation. Yep. Ugh. Yeah, but it, 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 Ninja Gaiden is just one of the series that. Well, I think uh, its creator kind of left the studio. Yes. And uh, wait for the news. We have some news about. Oh, it, hello. Actually, are we getting yeah. Yaiba happened, which is sort of like we're not gonna. This game isn't that marketable unless Microsoft's making putting money behind it, and they made a weird spinoff, and it just sort of killed the series. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's it doesn't seem fair because like who doesn't? It's a it's fucking video games. Where's the cool ninjas? Well, who you who, guys rem- who cool even ninja? remembers Yaiba? <laughs> yeah. Well, right. Igaki actually left before three, and we were yeah. talking like yeah. three is actually kind of most people's least favorite of of that. Yeah, it, it was also yeah. the the most poorly reviewed. Like I th- I think. I, I, the series arguably peaked with either Black or Two. Yeah, the first two games are pretty good. The third one fell off. We don't talk about the fourth, the spinoff. All right. Doesn't even count as part of the trilogy. Unlike number four, Captain Laskovitz. Help me make a choice. In your opinion, which one of these two varieties would best support mine? Research. I have inadequate room for samples. Should you decline my opinion, I should have to put a scalpel to both of them and we'd be here all day. Well, don't want that. Um. I just realized what this new Wolfenstein reboot actually is. It was Machine Games watched Inglorious Bastards and mm. said, We're going to make that. Like, that's Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And and it gets progressively weird and goofy as you go through it. If you've somehow yeah. managed to avoid the the new Wolfenstein games, uh, short form uh, B J Blazkowicz, the the toughest GI in World War Two, gets shot in the head and comatose for twenty years after World War Two, and uh, has to watch as the Nazis take over the world around him, and he wakes up in the 60s and then goes on a berserk rampage that spans entire continents and somehow wins him many, many friends. <laughs> Everybody loves Terror Billy. Well, he, he joins, like, yeah, the French Resistance. He joins all these cool, like, like part of the fun of those games is all the characters you meet. Mm-hmm. But it's even, like, it does some crazy shit where, like, there are characters you can miss in those games yes. and never meet, like, depending well, on choices you make. That scene that I played is actually in the very first level at the end of it. You're all captured. Mild spoilers, I guess. And you have to choose, like, which of your friends is this Death's Head guy, this Totenkopf, going to dissect. 
And depending on which one you choose, you will get a somewhat different experience in the game because you will meet up with the survivor years later and the people in their orbit are different. So if, if you go for Wyatt, the younger one, then like in the resistance cell is this guy named Jay who's like, he wears like a little veil at all times, but it's pretty clearly supposed to be Jimi Hendrix. Right. And, and you will never see that character in uh, if you go for the other guy. That That's what, because I went for the other guy because he kind of reminded me of like an old Simon Pegg. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, he's going to be way more fun to yeah. be part of my team. So but, I kept him alive. Yeah, and but I missed... like he and he and Blaskovitz have history. Like who's the, just, I'm just going to save a kid over this guy who's my friend. Right, I don't know. right. And we missed Jimi Hendrix because mm-hmm. of that, man. Yeah, pretty that sure I saved Hendrix in yeah. my. <laughs> Did you? Okay. Pretty sure. Because nice. I probably had the same recognition. And I was like, yeah. well, if I get a chance to save him, I will because it's Jimi Hendrix. Um, these games have never taken with me and I, hmm. I, I can appreciate them as quality, all, all this, but I, I, in terms of what I was pointing out, this is the fourth or fifth reboot of Wolfenstein. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. Cause the OG, OG Wolfenstein we is, talked about last 40 episode. 40 years old this year. 40? Wow. Are 40. you kidding? Yeah. yeah. Castle yeah. Wolfenstein on the Apple II was released in 1981. So it, it just I, had a bypass. I'm just thinking yeah. of, of, of Return to Castle Wolfenstein and Activision's also straight up Wolfenstein and then this. Yeah. This is the fourth reboot. Yeah. So, both, which, uh, both of which were good. That's what's wild yeah, is Return never of been Wolfenstein bad. was was very yeah. good and it didn't get mm-hmm. more. And then I thought that Raven software Wolfenstein was pretty darn good and mm-hmm. we didn't get more. It was wild. Yeah. That's an Activision thing, I think. Yeah, probably. probably. Yeah, that yeah. Activision it presided so over and it'll never get a sequel. <laughs> Activision presided over two separate remakes or yeah. two separate reboots of this. Before I yeah. got passed on. The first of which I remember was like kind of early Xbox Live yeah. days where it was it was kind of a novelty to be playing multiplayer shooters on it, a it console. It was weird. It was, mm-hmm. it was class-based and yes. it was difficult yeah. to wrap your head around. The consoles weren't doing that yet. I would just run around throwing med, like, yeah, meds on the ground near people, yeah. you know, and I was like, this is way more fun than shooting people. I'm just a medic. This is it dope. It is not yeah. C4. You should eat these things. <laughs> this, yeah. is, uh, this is definitely one that I spent a lot of time with and enjoyed quite a bit. I know the... The first one came out, like, kind of just into when I was starting my, like, freelance career back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, spent a lot of time with that. I, I'm pretty sure I covered all but I... Youngblood's the one with the twins, right? Yeah. So I've, that's I've the played, one a lot of people we'll, we'll missed, but it's, yeah, it's so, so that's the only one I have not played. But, um, but to me, it was just, like, it's not so much... Yes, it goes more in-depth and, like, fleshes out the world more. But it's not about the, the depth that they try to get into. It's just about, like, just how straight-up fun the game is. Yeah. Like, there yeah. there's... Yes, it was a reboot, but it still retained that sort of, like, I guess from from one of the previous reboots, it retained that, like, arena shooter kind of feel. Mm, you yeah. know? Like, like it, yeah. like yeah. sure, you could be I mean, tactical, I guess, but Wolfenstein is best played the same way you would play Doom, yeah. or at least a good version of Doom, and, not Eternal, Akimbo, where you can just like, spray and pray and have fun. Just pick <laughs> yeah, up, like, Akimbo, Akimbo rocket launchers, one in each hand. Who yeah. cares if they're, like, super heavy? That game becomes a lot more fun when... So they kind of at first try to encourage you to go stealth through some missions, mm-hmm. and then it becomes really fun when you realize, like, do that until you get caught, and then immediately go guns blazing, because yeah. it's, it's a little bit like the Doom reboots. There's armor upgrades everywhere, there's health upgrades, it's like, just keep killing shit, and you will stay alive yeah. in the new Wolfenstein. But and then, we've been conditioned over the past 15 years not to play FPSs like that. We've been conditioned to, like, take cover, you know? And, right. Yeah. So, the, yeah, the first game kind of has that, like, very straightforward like, balls out, like, yeah, pedal the metal, everything, go, 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 gameplay. And then the the second one, I feel like 
it's more fun to think about and to to view the story than to to actually play it. Although it did have a bunch of really interesting ideas. First and foremost is that like there's two radically different ways to play the game. That the mm-hmm. character you are for the first half of it mm-hmm. plays very different from the character that uh, BJ becomes once he becomes Terror Billy, and it also has like just the the humor and the cutscenes and the world building just ramp way up to interesting levels. Listen, pal, I ain't got time for your horseshit. You gotta make the call. Give up and die, or step the fuck up. I ain't want to argue with you, Terror Billy. I got kids on the way, and I'll be damned if I'm gonna raise them in a world run by these Nazi assholes. So what's it gonna be, you hillbilly, degenerate moonshiner, Bolshevik cowards, goddamn traitors? And then he falls over drunk. Uh, but it, it establishes uh, B.J. Blaskovich is like much more than just I'm just a big ass all American meathead. Like he's got all these hidden layers. He makes all these alliances with leftists and communists and uh, like a, a straggling black power movement that has somehow yeah. managed to survive in Nazi occupied America. And, <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. And, yeah. and we find out he's half Jewish that his mother was abused by his asshole redneck father. Right. Yeah. And, uh, spoiler alert here. At one point you, uh, he gets his head chopped off and gets mm. it grafted onto a robotic body. And becomes fucking to ask. it's not yeah. robotic. If this was the one where yeah. it's, it's good prime clone beef. <laughs> it's like it's fucked up because you're like oh god did they just kill bj oh no oh no and it retains if i remember correctly you retain the first person perspective when he gets decapitated Mm -hmm. you you watch yourself like roll down Mm -hmm. i remember seeing that and thinking like well okay where do they go from here well the answer is they just staple his head to something else crazier going from there crazier (laughs) places and i i really like the idea that like it's an alternate universe because it it supposes that like for for thousands of years has existed this like uh, Jewish secret society that works to better mankind, and they have all this like hidden technology that is like hundreds of years beyond what's available to the public. And the Nazis found one of their vaults and exploited all their technology for themselves, and right. uh, and that's why the world is the way it is, and why the Nazis were able to win the war. And oh, you know, do not let them get to Jewish Wakanda. <laughs> that's basically <laughs> what it is. Yeah, I think yeah, they will the... take all the you <laughs> the hubranium. I'm sorry. I, like, I'm... <laughs> well, I mean, Wolfenstein's always had that. There, there was like occult stuff in there, right? Yes, and, yeah, and they oh, just yeah. leaned into it. it. It's awesome. I mean, that's rooted in you know the actual real world history of you know them trying to do yeah. that. The, the stuff, same but, uh, weird stuff that inspired Indiana Jones. Yeah. And it, it, Look, yeah. I speak for the former president when I say I'm sick of you besmirching the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're... Well, maybe if the say... Nazis were more focused on uncovering like occult relics and less focused on murdering people and conquering territory, we wouldn't have this problem. Yeah, you haven't more, seen the Nazi like, car washes. Mm. They raise a lot of money mm. for bad charities. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, when BJ's yelling there about like having kids on the way and not wanting to raise them in this world, it's like, boy, that's uh, that mm. line still resonates, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, well it's, um, it's even better when you get to play as the kids. Keine 
not funny to me yeah like i I think that's like the only clip that i've ever played on this show but i love that scene so much and when someone called it like it's this game is like female beavis and butthead dismantle the nazi war machine like yes they're 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 trained their entire life by their mother and their father like Mm -hmm. to be good fighters they just have never killed and so that scene is like their training kicks in and they kill their first Nazi. Yeah. So she's like celebrating and then like, like that, that typical trope of, Oh, someone killed someone. They yeah. threw up. But, you know. but I love that. She just recovers like basically while she's puking and yeah. <laughs> little puke and rally. It's so dope. Yeah. And yeah. Then, and, 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 and the other part from of then on the killing's fine. You just need to kill your first. Then, you know, you can right. do it with the same right. detached efficiency as your dad. But then I, the other thing I love about this game is this weird Euro trash 80s aesthetic yes. because it, it it keeps on the fiction of like, well, yeah, the Germans are still sort of in charge, but now it's the 80s. And so you get all of like that shit from the 80s, but you're playing as BJ's kids, you know? Now and they're it's... neon Nazis. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, and I, I also want a really great name for an indie game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I also want to uh, throw a shout out to like again the world building that they've done for this includes reimagined sound alike versions of pop songs, like if they were composed under Nazism, and so like so right. it's it's like a German version of uh, Little GTO or. Uh, You've you've got uh, Die Koffer, which is the Beatles uh, recording, uh, Mond, Mond, Ja, Ja. I mean, can you imagine if 99 Red Balloons was in German? That'd be ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) What if? What if? So this being this being the one that I've not played, this does this does not give us Robo Hitler, correct? Uh, Um, I haven't played it enough to answer that question definitively. Okay. Because I beat two, it, and I still can't answer that question okay. for you. <laughs> because, because 2 starts setting it up. Like, 2, one of the yeah. things I love about 2 is you get that whole scene where BJ's got to, like, he's, like, he has to, like, audition yeah. for, like, Hitler's movie or something. And he's, on like, reading Venus. lines. Yeah, he's reading lines with Hitler on Venus, and Hitler's got, like, a like a lung infection or something. Like, he's coughing through the whole thing. Like, they're very clearly setting up to have robo-Hitler. But, like, I guess that hasn't... Yeah. Uh, more than just a lung infection, just, yeah, he's, he's he's like incontinent. Like he like yeah yeah. He like pisses in a spittoon or on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Like whatever. He just pisses right in front of everybody. Yeah, total so it makes power you, move. Yeah, makes me uh yeah eagerly await when we because because this is also just considered a spinoff. Like this is not technically concluding the trilogy, even though it's like the third of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess like it's the same with Old Blood. But yeah. uh, so yeah, like I'm I'm still waiting for it, and I guess like. I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll tie that in a little bit now that Machine Games is doing that Indiana Jones thing. <laughs> we'll see. Ooh, hey, but, that'd be amazing, uh, right? That'd be a really interesting tie, and it would make sense, right? Just let's kill more Nazis, right? Sure. But uh, but I'm really interested to see like this trilogy, like prop if it's going to properly conclude, right? Like if we get that, I'm really excited to see that. I think that's why we put Youngblood on here is we weren't sure if there would there has to be a third one on the way, but it's. It's worth playing. I think a lot of people did skip it thinking, oh, just a side thing. And I think well, the other mistake they made is they leaned into co-op as if it's mandatory. It is not. You can play this yeah. as a single player. Yeah, I mean, you'll always have the AI companion. But, I mean, it, it's also, like, this is not just, like, a, a throwaway. Like, here's we did a bunch more levels. Here's two new characters to play them as. Like, it's got 
fully rendered cutscenes. It advances the story in interesting ways. It feels vital. It like, inc- it does like an RPG light kind of thing too, doesn't it? Am I am I incorrect? Yeah, there, there's okay. progression. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, both, you know, all of those games have the like the home bases where you can unlock upgrades and stuff, and this game has that as well. Like the mission structure is really interesting because it's kind of like go to this map and there's some objectives to do on this map and yeah you as you accomplish more of those you get your XP and stuff like that so it's it's almost a little bit more like that Raven Software title which was very much like that as well like here's a hub world now go to into each map and do cool shit there so it's it's worth playing and I think it is still on Game Pass if you haven't played it so no excuses yeah. all right well let's move along to. Number three. Most people think time is like a river that flows swift and sure in one direction. But I have seen the face of time. And I can tell you, they are wrong. Time is an ocean in a storm. You may wonder who I am and why I say this. Sit down, and I will tell you the tale like none that you have ever heard. Prince Ali, who could it? Oh, different, different. Yes, very wrong. different. It's P.O.P. <laughs> pop, pop. Wait Pops a minute. Or Ta- I'm, he's wrong. Time is a flat circle. We all know that, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe how long of a discussion Michael had to bring up that this is a reboot. Yeah. It is. It very much yeah, is. Yeah, because, because I think it's it's like, uh, you know, older Wolfenstein's. This is kind of overwritten the original series in our minds, even though, like, yes, the original side scrollers were quite good and noteworthy. And... No, no, I, I, I have many, many great memories of Wolfenstein, but Prince of Persia, for a while, you need a, a very specific PC to play this appropriately. Otherwise, it was a really bad side scroller. Hmm. Well, I think it always had really yeah. good animation. It was always really mm-hmm. tough to control, and it, you mm-hmm. would die quite a lot in that yeah. game. It was, but I mean, this, I, the original was on everything. Like yeah. it was, everything. but I, I remember there was there was in our school there was one PC that played this more beautifully and vividly than anything else, and it was the only good experience with the original Prince of Persia. The only thing that could handle the rotoscoping. Yeah, yeah, and they ported <laughs> it to other systems, and it, it never captured the magic. So, mm-hmm. like, if you weren't playing this on PC, you don't know why it would be a franchise in the 2000s that's funny considering it debuted on apple II, which should have been the least capable pc at the time that's what you're here for wiki (laughs) it's interesting too you pointed out michael that this is like the one people normally remember as the prince of persia when Mm -hmm. like wolfenstein there have been other attempts oh yes in fact since this one there's been what at least one other reboot that just didn't hit you know two well, there was the one tied to the movie, and then there was the one, oh, right, yeah. the Wii one. Yeah, the one right? tied to the movie the, the, was not a reboot. Uh, yeah, it's a it remake. was it was an interquel uh, set oh. in the Sands of Time trilogy. So it was like mm. Ubisoft did. It was like the DMC thing, where Ubisoft had the Sands of Time. There was the 2008 one, the cell shaded open world game that was really cool, but uh, people didn't connect with it as much. So like, okay, well, let's go back to Sands of Time. That seems to be what people loved. Mm. But yeah, Sands of Time, especially the original game, came out in 2003, and it was this story of this arrogant prince in medieval Persia who, he and his father, like, uh, raid this uh, Indian kingdom and kidnap the princess and their greatest treasure, the hourglass of time and this dagger that goes with it, and they end up unleashing this curse on their kingdom that turns everyone but the prince and the princess, uh, who's named Farah, into uh, these sand zombies. 
And so the prince has to figure out how to put things right. And uh, along the way, he goes on a voyage of self-discovery and learns to be less of an arrogant prick all the time. And he, he ends the story as a completely different person than he began it. And it's great. That's yeah, called it's a character arc. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't remember if that this is the first games. game to like a, a wedge in time dilution, but it made so much sense because mm. it was still kind of hard to play Prince. It was a 3D platformer with real physics, and it was difficult to wrap your head around in the beginning. So, like, hey, which which came first, this or Blinks? I think Blinks like, might have come. Uh, the next seven Blinks, years is right? defined by like. You get to manipulate time because even when I got in the games industry, they were still doing that. Like, if you mess up, you can just rewind, yeah. and like that was that, still... that was really cool. Just watching yourself retrace all your steps. No, it, I'm saying it was, but it's also because Prince of Persia was asking you to do things you hadn't really done in a third person game before. Mm-hmm. Well, like, it was also it the just... first time we had enough memory to do stuff like that. Like yeah. The, yeah. the systems had <laughs> enough RAM to actually rewind. Yeah. The, well, the well, also like it, the things that you had to do were like. Okay, now do a wall run between like these three arrhythmically swinging blades, twenty feet over a pit of spikes. Yeah, yeah do a perfect run on this thing you've never seen yeah. before. But if you die, you're good. Yeah, just we'll which, just hold the rewind which, button as long as you've got enough sand, you'll go back to the starting point. Which is great because one of the complaints people had about 3D platformers is sometimes it's tough to time the jumps and stuff like that, and it's like mm-hmm. they built in a solution. Like, yeah, you can just yeah. rewind; it's fine. And, yeah. and that also builds on the original Prince of Persia's reputation for uh, gruesome death traps that kill you instantly. Like, that was the thing mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, there's like a steel gate that just slams shut and cuts the prince in half. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely. You talked about, you talked about it, the like, like how, it's like how what the they print... have to do to Mega Man games now to make them presentable to young people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> kill Mega hey, Man. 11 was good. Stop. 11 was good. Uh, but, you, Michael, you talk about like the prince kind of having this, this, he evolves as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then in two, he has an emo phase that we need to talk yeah, about. He, he evolves oh, maybe right. a little too much. I don't know. You will never reach our shores alive. For your sake, you better hope I don't. It seems the Empress overestimated your ability. The Empress? Uh, yeah, got- baby! Prince of Persia! Wow! <laughs> you got Godsmack on the soundtrack. You got Robin Atkin oh. Downs replacing Yuri Lowenthal as the prince. And you got Man. Warrior Within. Is this where Shadow Prince is like chasing you all the time? But there's like basically well, their answer to Nemesis, right? There's like yeah. a time. That, that's yeah. the Dahaka, then, which uh, uh, is explained early God bless on. You. The, the Dahaka <laughs> shows up at, like the Nemesis, yeah, to chase the prince down and try to correct the time stream that the prince fucked all up in the first game. I used the sands themselves to reverse time, making it as if the hourglass was never opened. The beast, the Dahaka, is the guardian of the timeline. You were supposed to die, so it will catch you and see to it that you meet your fate. It is better to try than to wait here for death. Madness. Even if you manage to reach the island, you'll still have to face the Empress of Time. Who, by the way, is extremely sexy and dresses in basically what are red strips of fabric. 
Just pointing out that's the plot to Final Destination, is you mm. cheated death, so now death is tracking you yep, down. Yep. Except this time... Now you must ride this roller coaster. <laughs> death is a hulking monster armor. Armored monster, yeah. Um, yeah Y'all joke, but I, I, did, I fulfilled all my exercise goals today in Beat Saber using only the Prince of Persia Warrior Within soundtrack. Wow. It was fucking great. <laughs> Congratulations. It was great. Uh, and finally, yeah, the... That led into the two thrones where I think that was the team that did the first game came back to the series and two thrones felt like a lot of course correction. Like it's like, it's like, it's like if, uh, uh they made, um, uh, the last Skywalker rise of Skywalker, yeah. rise of Skywalker. And it was good. Yeah. Like they leaned in, they leaned into things people didn't like and like incorporated it in a way that people did like, mm-hmm. Uh, it was really interesting. Like I've never seen anybody lean into a mistake like that. Yeah. Were you trying to to say they retconned it, Michael? Or no, 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 no. Um, no, they incorporated re- sort of reconcile the differences mm, yeah. between these things. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take the first game. We're going to like rather than try to retcon or undo what people didn't like about the second game, we're just going to smash these two things together and create the Dark Prince. What now then? Gather up enough sand, perform another grand rewind? Or perhaps you can return to the island and travel back to a time when he might still be saved. Maybe rescue a damsel in distress along the way. No! You are right. I have been like a child. Naive and arrogant. Always rushing to undo my mistakes. Never facing the consequences of my actions. No more. We're combining the two princes into one character, and yeah. oh, it's it's one, the struggle between these two personalities that the dark prince that is the sand corrupted part of the prince and that comes out as like this this uh, dark wraith thing uh, with like a really cool chain whip that you can use to get around and swing on things like Indiana Jones, and then the the prince from the original who wants to be good and wants to not be a world-weary asshole. I remember writing a, a news article about the Wii version that came out like almost immediately afterwards. Like, yeah, things you liked about the weapons you can now do with your Wii remotes. And I just wrote, mm. two princes colon, just go ahead now. <laughs> nice. I was going to say... It. Uh, it was great. It was a good time. I, I, all I had to add was that uh, Two Thrones, my favorite rapper... Good old Two Thrones. <laughs> hey, they call called him Jimmy Two Thrones. That's what he sat on. That guy's got, got two, two thrones. thrones. <laughs> but what's funny is it's been like it's been long enough since at least the first one that now we're getting a remaster of that one. Mm-hmm. Right? Is it the whole trilogy or is it just that it's, one? It's I don't just recall. the first game. Mm, for yeah. now. Prince of Persia mm-hmm. Sands of Time remake. Yeah. You can't handle what that metal bikini from two would look like mm. in today's systems. Right, you can't handle a god smack in HD. <laughs> Again, that game is a reminder of how horny the the aughts were in terms of game design. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I, I always go back to the Devil May uh, or the Dead or Alive three commercial, but whatever. Yeah, hmm. you can get you. You mean the She Kicks High commercial? Yeah, she well, kicks. Just guys gawking mm-hmm. at women's tits in a fighting yeah. game. Like, all right. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, Prince of Persia, absolutely. Love that series. Um, it rules. Yeah, it totally rules. But you know what? When I look up video game reboot with no titles, one thing immediately clogs the Google search results, and it is this. Number two. You know this island isn't right, Jonah. I know you do. All I know is that we can't use logic to understand this place. I know you think your instincts are a weakness, 
but they're a strength. Trust them. We need you, Lara. Ah, uh, what's this? Tomb Raider. Yes. I love this trilogy so much. This is this is, this is the second reboot oh. trilogy, isn't it? Or second attempt at rebooting Tomb Raider, or third attempt? Yeah, I mean, but, but that's, yeah. that's sort of what I, I wanted to talk about because I, I feel like the they had to reboot it because blah blah blah. They rebooted. It's amazing. They make a second one, and the sales are disappointing. And then they make a third one. Like, well, this is the end of the trilogy because. No matter how good we make this again, it's not going to be that exciting. It's a bummer the second one sales are disappointing because the second one, I think, really is the best good. game in this trilogy. Like the the Rise Rise of the Tomb Raider? Yeah, Rise is great. Yeah, where yeah. she's in like Russia and... Yeah, in Siberia and the Taiga. Yeah, yeah. It's... I love, I love this trilogy so much for like... From a gameplay perspective because it, it does the like... I think last time I was on I talked about how like... A lot of games now, they do this, like, sort of semi-open world thing where it's, yeah. like, a hub area mm -hmm. and you can kind of spoke off into different areas. Like, yeah. it does that so well. I absolutely love that. It also does, I like, okay, big, big statement here. I've said this to the Tomb Raider devs, too, so, like, whatever, it's on record. I think this is a better, like, Uncharted, quote-unquote, experience yeah. than the Uncharted games. Yeah, like, I, like, I agree with you. You don't play the Uncharted games to explore. You play them because Naughty Dog's, like, here's our story and... Here, we're going to introduce his brother for some reason. But you play Tomb Raider because you want to just explore and yeah. solve puzzles yeah. and see what's behind that door and go climbing places and discover for yourself. And for that reason, I've just, like, I have just, like, gushed over these three games. Yeah. Like, I, I have... Uh, I, had in my, I had in my notes, yeah. Tony, this is the most first-party, third-party game I've ever played. Like, mm. it, 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 feels, it feels like... Oh, they really don't want to make money on this at all. That's what hampered the two sales. Expensive. It was the Xbox exclusivity. That's right. Oh, that was that's the one right. that did happen about that. Right. Yeah, that did yeah. happen. And that was that before was... Xbox One was really good. Yes, yeah. it was. And to go back to my old freelance days, uh, old free as if I'm not in them again, but to go back to my first <laughs> uh, period of freelance days, it was that Xbox exclusive, and this was before, like, you know, they wanted to be that, like, central media hub kind of console, mm -hmm. but they weren't doing it very well. So as somebody who was writing a bunch of guides for collecting every single collectible, I had to create a uh, spoofed Facebook page to upload all my screenshots to then send those screenshots to the actual article because there was no oh, good way to capture or save them internally at the time. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's, uh... But, you, you know, you were, I, I would love what you brought up about Uncharted because I felt like the two series started to go back and forth. So, like, you know, Tomb Raider was obviously the first and was mm -hmm. awesome and big. And Uncharted came along and it's like, this is what Tomb Raider should should become. You know, it's it's like this, you know, archaeologist exploration yeah. game. What if Laura Croft was a dude? But then, and then the Tomb Raider games came back and were like, no, now we're going to one-up you and we have exploration. And it's like they were almost like going back and forth exchanging punches and we were just in the middle of it like benefiting like yes yeah give me a better game yes do that yeah and i i don't mean to like make that comparison just to diss uncharted like i, I it's it, they yeah. went for a different thing i, I would never series, diss right? uncharted and, but... and i would actually say um i remember like back in the 90s reading an article like where they asked the developers of tomb raider like why did you make laura croft a girl and they're like, yeah, for whatever reason, whenever we tried to make it with a male protagonist, he just ends up becoming Schwarzenegger. And we didn't want to make a game about a big muscle dude with a bunch of guns. We wanted something more creative. And I remember thinking like, well, you know, you don't have to make a big muscle dude. You could make like a, 
you know, a sort of slim framed smart Alec or something. And like, that's basically exactly what Uncharted was. Someone had that grown up Bart Simpson like me. Yes. Yes. Giant gut, (laughs) uh, wearing cartoon shoes. Yeah. What's wrong? And you were talking, uh, Matt, about them, like, you know, kind of exchanging blows too. Like when, especially when it came to, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, like that's when, uh, Crystal Dynamics started getting into like, um, I think it was Crystal Die, right? That yeah, Crystal D. Mm-hmm. Crystal yeah, Die. Um, who like then they started getting into like the story kind of stuff too. Like three really does examine like what are the consequences of you think you're in the right just because you stole this ancient treasure before this like mercenary group did. Like, well, they also did not... the, the thing where that Uncharted did. You go back and play Lara as a kid in the third one at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, you play yeah. like on her in, in her mansion and stuff. So yeah, yeah, some of that stuff, like yeah, climbing on the rooftops and talking to her dad and all that sort of thing. Yeah, but but Shadow had the the one cool gimmick Shadow had was the uh, the the predator, the mud kills, where you could just oh, blend yes. into walls. And mm-hmm. <laughs> that was dope, mm-hmm. dude. Yeah, that was awesome. And also, like, yeah, Rise, for whatever reason, Rise didn't resonate as much with me as the first game. I felt like the first game was a much tighter 3D Metroidvania. But one hmm. thing that Rise yeah. did do was give Lara a clear nemesis to fight against. I left you in charge here. Yes, sir. But we didn't expect such heavy resistance. You were to be my eyes. I expected you to see. You must know what is at stake with this operation. Yes, but... No. No. You don't. No, get no. your thumb out of my eyes. How could someone like you? Go easy. Go easy. Hear the suffering. <laughs> That's Constantine of, uh, was it Trinity? Yeah, Trinity. We're like, yeah. Knights Templar or whatever they they're the the people who are trying to beat Lara to all of her relics and so she has yeah. to get there first. And I think I think they do a thing where I think like her mom like or her like stepmom or something yes. ends up being like a part of it mm-hmm. by the end. Yeah, pretty, pretty, and two's the one that has like there. the Jesus character, right? Where you can't tell if it's he's like the prophet or something. I swear I'm not making that up. I, I swear think, that's I don't more remember. Than I <laughs> um, mostly the most of them are, I remember from two, other than like. Uh, zip lining using like uh, climbing tools, which is always cool. Mm-hmm. Um, is being in the like uh, that like burning flooded temple uh, toward the end there. Because um, yeah. man, the set pieces they have put into these games are just solid. And then uh, you know each, you know it's in the name, right? Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. You want to be raiding tombs, yeah. And yeah. they do this great job of each one just has like a fun little gimmick to it, you know, mm-hmm. that you got to figure out. And then that's how you you get through. And then. I think it's three later added in, like, co-op versions, like, like unique ones that you could... I think you can do them alone, but when you do them co-op, there's, like, different ways to, to navigate each one. Hmm. Like, sort of challenge tombs. Uh, I remember those being really fun. Neat. Um, yeah, this is just... Man, I, I, I truly can't recommend this trilogy enough. And, honestly, I'll give it, like, a decent recommend as well. The movie that we got as a result of this, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, Boy, it's, the new it's one fine. that no one saw... Yeah, with uh, I think it's Alicia Vikander as Lara Croft. Yeah. It's 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 a totally serviceable uh, action movie. Yeah, you could have said anything. I would have believed mm-hmm. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I remember totally that. Fine. I, I never saw it, but um, oh, it's fine. I, I do it. I do like the the character arc through these games. That I remember the the first one got flack for depicting Lara as like you know this scared college student basically 
But it's like she wasn't in over her head. She was capable. She just hadn't discovered that about herself yet. And by the end yeah. of the game, yeah, she does. And then the second game, you've got her basically behaving like Indiana Jones, just very confidently striding <laughs> into ruins and shooting at dudes. I, and then by the third the, the, game... The criticism did become a little more embarrassing. when like, oh, I can stab people in the neck with my arrows without yeah. shooting them. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> that wonderful. whole scene in the first one where she's like hanging upside down and you got to like yank the arrow out of your gut and everything mm-hmm. first like it was not shy about just beating her oh, down no. No. so that mm-hmm. she would overcome that and become like you know the tomb raider yeah and by the third game she's basically got a savior complex i mean i get it you lock onto a problem and everything else just disappears <laughs> jonah i hey i'm with you it's my choice most of the time but if we die, who stops the cataclysms? Who keeps Trinity from doing what they want? Sometimes I feel like I have to keep going, and if I don't, then I'll just let everyone down. Yeah, it's all on your shoulders. That's right, Laura. Only you can stop the bad stuff from happening. I make fun, but, you know, she's she's pretty yeah, Jonah's awesome. a good still character, works yeah. too. Jonah, yeah, I, I like Jonah a lot. Sort of great. somehow changes races between all three games a little bit. <laughs> like, he really does not look like the same character in any of the three yeah. games. He really doesn't. And he's still recognizable as Jonah. He is, but, like, I'm telling you, just go to the wiki and click through the three pictures of him from mm-hmm. the three games. It's not the same person. <laughs> it's yeah. really not. <laughs> oh, but anyway, yeah, um, I, I do like this series. I guess that's one of my resolutions to get uh, back into the second and third games a bit and maybe... My, mine is to react. finish Shadow. I, I almost 100 percented uh Tomb and Rise. Wow. It's just like something about like a, another one coming out so quickly. Like what could you do to this formula that would make me want to play this every 18 months? And like doesn't that doesn't exist. This the series shouldn't shouldn't exist this often. You know, like it's <laughs> they're also well, big uh, games. Yeah, they yeah. take a while to play. I, I, same thing though. I fell off of in the middle of Shadow, and I'm like, God, I really should just finish the storyline of the trilogy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I got really distracted, like the PS4 version of Shadow, just like turning on the classic Lara skins and like, oh, look at this low poly model running around this beautiful world. This is weird. I love this. Um, but I did not love it quite as much as I love this. <laughs> Your visions, what causes them? My future self sent them to me, perhaps to ensure some outcome. Or to prevent one. He must win. He must win. Those are my last words before I die. I believe it is you who must win. If we choose wisely, the future will be secured and the cracks healed. I trust you will make the right decisions. So Mortal Kombat. I, uh, I can't. No, that's not right. If it's not Christopher Lambert, that is not right. And we're listening to. I'm sorry. You can, you can you can add him as a skin in the the latest game. Uh, but this is you know I, I thought a lot about this and I thought like these games are not only consistently good, but I feel like each one is considerably better than the previous one. They are. They yeah. are. Yeah. And if, actually, if you if you play nine after mm-hmm. playing ten, you're like. Or eleven, you're like, wow, it feels like a big step back for for the series. You know, it's weird. Yeah. It's yeah. But so nine was, I think, a necessary reboot in a lot of ways because 
Mortal Kombat, by the time Mortal Kombat Armageddon came out, it was just ridiculous. There were too many characters. Nobody cared about the plot anymore. The fighting system was inconsistent from game to game. It was difficult to learn it. And so you had Armageddon, which was just basically like, here's all the characters. Right. Nobody, like, make your own fatalities. Who gives a shit? It's a big mess. We included a kart racing game. Yes. We don't care. We'll never come back to the series. <laughs> but, like, we in, in our discussions, like, because I love talking about this as a reboot because it, it feels like a comic book. We're mm -hmm. like, yeah, we're rebooting this from fresh, fresh start. Don't talk to us. And then they get bored. They start incorporating old elements and, like, giving stupid canonical reasons. Like Superboy punching a wall kind of shit to let old people back in the universe. Yeah. I was going to say, didn't by the time they get into like 10 or 11, didn't they kind of start dabbling back into like some they original did. MK they, stuff? They, to like they even dug back in the, in the movie. But the point was, when, when 8 came out, they were like, this is the end of this story, period. Yeah. And then they came out with Mortal Kombat DC and like, and, and then it was like, boom, we're starting fresh. MK9 is a new thing. It has the word, it has the number nine in it, mm -hmm. but it's a fresh thing. Yeah. Well, actually, it doesn't have the number nine. It was just called Mortal Kombat. And it's it's like that, it's that in canon reboot where Raiden sends a message back in time to the events of the very first game. And Raiden in, in that timeline receives this message and tries starts trying to change events so that they won't wind up in with Armageddon. So you, you play through the events of, I think, like the first three games in uh, in Mortal Kombat 9. But the way that that's, that campaign is structured, that story, basically it's here's a Mortal Kombat movie that will be interrupted every so often so that you can play out the match that uh, the, the movie leads into. So when there's an action sequence you're playing, when there's not, it's a CG movie. And... These are basically three amazing Mortal Kombat movies that just happen to be released as games and that let you play through the action. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a little unsettling, to be honest with you, because it's like it's the same problem I used to have with like Telltale games where I just want to put my controller down and sit and watch a movie. And then all of a sudden it's like the camera pulls out and it's like fight. And you're like, oh, shit, like I got to mm -hmm. play, I got to play yeah. a game now. I just wanted to watch this thing, you know, but. That also kind of keeps you playing because it's just like, all right, I'm invested in the story. Oh, I get to play now. All right, well, maybe yeah. I'll go to bed after this. Like, oh, but wait, what's happening now is really interesting. I want to stick around and see how this resolves. And now it's switching to another character. I get to play as this other character. Well, shit, I got to keep playing. Yeah. How does uh, how does that aftermath thing fit into all this? Because didn't that start making it even like weirder? Maybe beca yes. because well, from there the the plot really gets weird. So Mortal Kombat 10 picks up like from where the original left up like the original most of the characters die and then 10 it's just like now it's 20 years later uh we've had this weird cycle going on where a bunch of the characters have been resurrected switched sides several times now Liu Kang is an evil zombie uh, <laughs> and well, 10 is the combat kids game, 2Ks. Yeah, the, 10 it, is just... it, it introduces Cassie Cage and her, her little clubhouse I've never been able to resummon that green halo. Raiden thinks it was triggered when I saw a loved one about to die. How about you, Cassie? Can you summon anything like that? Or did it skip a generation? Take it easy, Jin. We didn't need a halo in Darfur. Or Iran. Or Kurdistan. Did we, Jackie? Nope, we didn't. Shaolin monks ever send you there, Jin? I've seen plenty of action. Takeda and I both. Stuff that blow your special forces mind. At ease. You're all here because you deserve to be. 
your beautiful and unique snowflakes. Yeah, I just I just like that idea that Johnny Cage is heading up a military unit that consists of his daughter with Sonya Blade, uh, Jax's daughter, uh, a, a young Shaolin monk, and uh, Scorpion's apprentice. <laughs> Was that Ashley Birch as Cassie? Uh, I think it might be. Yes, it sounded yeah yeah I like her work. Anyways, uh, let's yeah, not yeah, mention I, who played her mom in Eleven. Then shall we? I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, voice actor. We'll, we keep it there on the voice yeah, actor. You go from high quality, um, quality voice acting to Ronda yeah, Rousey, yeah. and yeah. and then just Eleven made the plot so ridiculous where it's just like, all right, we're getting at the heart of all the time manipulation, which is Chronica Cage, the, the Chronica, the goddess of time, and if you beat her and take her crown, then you can turn bend time to your will. And uh, so it does a bunch of weird time travel shit like good Liu Kang from the past fighting evil Liu Kang from the present. I would have defeated Shao Kahn, but Raiden wanted the glory. His lightning cut me down. No, don't believe that. One day Raiden will betray you. Then you will believe. You spew Shinnok's lies. You attacked Lord Raiden, and he defended himself. He did what he thought right to protect Earthrealm. Protect! Raiden enslaves Earthrealm. How was I ever so blind as you? Yeah, well, gotta gotta say, Evil Liu Kang is actually right there. Do you think Ed Boon's office just looks like that scene from Always Sunny with Charlie doing the conspiracy theory board just to keep all this stuff straight? Mm-hmm. Either that or Ed Boon is, is smoking some Chronica, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I you follow him on Twitter. His house is one of the most boring things in the world. Like, why isn't your life more interesting? Like, you should have something on the walls. Like, <laughs> like we already have God Gabe Newell with the knife collection. We don't need more devs to do stuff like that. We're good. Yeah, yeah. show but off then, a little bit though, for real. <laughs> so the, the aftermath thing that I, that I mentioned before, like that, this is like that's after eleven, right? Yes. And that's when like movie, uh, uh, who is it from? Like uh, Johnny Cage? No, no, no. Move like Shang the Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, oh, Shang Tsung. The, Thank the, you, Shang Tsung. Yeah, yeah. Like movie costume, yeah. Shang Tsung right. yeah, shows well, up. Yeah, <laughs> but Kiri Yuki Tagawa, that actor, came back just like for Mortal Kombat 11. But the aftermath yeah. was it was centering on his character. It was kind of about him, and it starts out with like Shang Tsung wants to be a good guy now and help you know, set things right. But like, eh, who, who the fuck trusts Shang Tsung? Come on. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this this series, it does everything that would normally be wrong. It does time travel. Mm-hmm. It's got the kids in there. And yet, like, like Michael was saying, they get better game after game. It's like, you yes. should not be I, succeeding I, at this. This should all be should awful. Because, like, uh, uh, um, Injustice 2 popped up on Game Pass. And, like, girl, likes, like, I like DC, but I don't like fighting games. I'm like, well, you'll fucking love this. Like... <laughs> it's it's one of the best ways to play a story ever, and you never have to get good at fighting games. The same mm-hmm. way with Mortal Kombat. It's the best single-player fighting game that exists ever, yes. and, and, and continues to be. Maybe I'm a, I guess I might, I must just be in a minority then, because truly I have never cared about the story in a fighting game. Like, I don't mm. care about the excuse as to why these two people are punching each other in the face. Mm. But, like, clearly people hold Mortal Kombat's story, you know, close but to heart. These are the, the some of the best long-cut scenes produced in the U.S. you will ever see. <laughs> really? Yeah. They, they really are. And, like, and... and and they bring those over to the Injustice games. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's a really good way to experience the story. Uh, it also has a nice sideline in being Smash Brothers for Gen X dads. 
I have found you again. Never stop pushing, do you? I must achieve your termination. Terminator versus Rambo, or RoboCop, or the <laughs> Joker. Say RoboCop's in there too. Yeah, yeah. Predator like, was in I, one I, of them, I, right? I want someday. Yeah. Yeah, if it weren't for Disney, I would I would say Mortal Kombat Ultimate is next. Hmm. Where just hmm. every single DLC character they've ever had, but there's so many Disney characters in there now. It's fucking depressing. Are there? From Predators to to Xenomorphs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah the Fox properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't say Disney would block that because where else do they go? Like you can't, right. you can't exactly load them into a sum sum game. It, I mean, that's how they make money nowadays in, in right. games. They just license their shit to other people. Mm. You know, but so. like, I, I really want that to happen. Every cause, and most Mortal Kombat fans should too, because what characters come in the game are characters who can be introduced story storyline wise canonically. So to have to to free yourself of that mm-hmm. and bring everyone back and in and, and to and playable including the dlc characters like freddy krueger let's That's get all all like nine of so the good. palette swap ninjas shout out to dan Hammer. Mm-hmm. yeah there you go yeah leatherface god leatherface and ash from evil dead i want to see them right. fight yeah right all right well that has been our top five trilogy reboot yeah Tri- reboot trilogies wow this this oh, went yeah. on for a while um, I was going to say, does this happen every time, or is it just when I'm here? Well, technically, like... we, we had <laughs> 15 games in our top five. That's yes, what that, kind that of I told you, I've been drinking that for hours. True. This is very hard on me yeah. right now. Yeah, you're coming on this right right off of another of, of an episode of 30 2010, so oh, it's yeah, a marathon day for you. But I'm very tired. So, so we should probably take a break now, so Chris can go pee. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about some news, some new releases, some other stuff, so stay tuned. Get scratching. Do you like Video Game Apocalypse and 302010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two. Over at patreon.com slash lasertime, we've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 3020 and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. It's a lot of games. games uh, but here are some games I do not love, but have been sitting on sounds for over a decade. Who's that knocking at the door? Hi. Oh, it's Dan Amrick. No, it's... <laughs> Hi. It's it's Big Bird. Hi. <laughs> it's Big Bird. And uh, he has a... It's, it's one of the first games to have speech in it. And not just speech. Yeah. It is like, this is Carol Spinney. This is the voice actor. Um, yeah. A modular Rest version, in peace. yeah, of yeah, of the the original and best Big Bird. Let's play hide and speak. Choose a game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow, he really like there. No, enunciate clearly into that mic, Carol, because people aren't going to be able to understand a word of this. Choose a game. And I, what I really love about it is that like a normal game would tell you like fail, you died, wrong, and it's Sesame Street game, so I can't do that. Find the count. Find Bert. That's Grover. <laughs> it can't tell you, you got it wrong. 
So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 30 2010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Laser Time shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? And welcome back to our final segment where we, like the mythical Agent 47, will skulk around in the shadows in the underbrush, stealing people's clothing and eventually getting achingly close to hitting this button. worth it unlike hitman 3 which is really cool uh if i had a homing briefcase i would throw it at you right now michael <laughs> knock you right off your jet ski speaking of other things where like frankly the story eh, i'll take it or leave it that's not why mm-hmm. i'm playing it yeah yeah yeah, I, uh, yeah tell, tell me more about this person i'm gonna kill i don't care i just want to kill them I, I see they made me care like i i i feel like actually okay by two, they made me care. In Hitman 1, I was just like, I wanted to see the absurd situations and the cool maps and like, hey, how, how can I creatively assassinate these targets? By two, I was like, oh, wait, there's like this big shadow organization. Oh, oh, this guy I thought was the bad guy. Oh, he's, oh, he's my friend now. And mm. we're teamed up to try to take down, oh, this is really fucking cool. And now you have my attention, Hitman. Yeah, it, was, it was weird. That first Hitman remake was like, so open-ended like i don't know if i did this right and i don't feel like i did <laughs> right because <laughs> i did this wrong intentionally but then the game should have said that's how that's the right way to play just keep yeah, yeah. yeah. just keep going it's, it's a playground keep going yeah. back keep yeah. pushing the pieces and watch Try things break and, things. and find the trouble you can get into yeah. the way i i tell like new people <sighs> to get into it is play they have the mission stories which are kind of their tutorials for each map it's like we're going to tour you around the map and reveal fun events to you and so that you'll learn kind of the timing of when stuff happens. And yes, you can complete those kills and you'll get extra points for doing so. But the only reason you really do that is then to kind of know the map to say, okay, now I'm going to go through the challenges and kill all the targets the way the challenges tell me to. Oh, now I want to go through all these other things. And these. It's it, the, it just becomes like a checklist of cool, like, have you ex- have you discovered this in this mm-hmm. map, you know? I mean, Have you, you found the exploding way. golf ball? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what I like about three so far, I'm not obviously not that far into it. Um, and Chris, you might like this because I know you're a fan of this series. Um, it's it became Mission Impossible. Mm. They went way bigger with the maps and everything in three, where it's just mm. like, oh god, you guys, okay, you you went independent and you. Most of the time, when devs go indie, you're like, oh, they're going to make the maps smaller and stuff like that. It's like, no, it's. It's more elaborate and extravagant. This is more of a spy game, I'd say, than the first two, even. Yeah. As it needs to be, since the next thing they're doing is a 007 it's game, 007. Yeah, which sure is nice. just going to be this series with a James Bond skin, and that is perfect totally for a 007 as long, game. As long as I can ride at someone on a motorcycle at full speed, jump off, collide chest first, and we fight in midair mm. and never hit the ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like in all Chill! Why did it all Why they gotta hate me? I do so good. wonder if you're saying Mission Impossible because you begin the first mission literally crawling around on the exterior of, like, the world's the tallest building. fictional yeah. hot, tallest skyscraper. Yeah, and, like, they... I don't, I'm not sure what it is, but they craft the illusion of height and just like 
here's mm-hmm. like these these gigantic metal structures jutting out above the void that you have to walk on and just like my crotch was twinging the entire time and something about that fear of heights is just like oh god oh god here we go it's well, also not that long. It's, it's also too, too. a beautiful yeah. showcase for yeah. so i don't know where y'all are playing it i'm playing it on I mean, that's, pc that's and praise for me matt sorry that's praise yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay okay <laughs> i uh that level also just does this. I mean, all the. Le- I mean, I'll. I've. I've finished the game, so I. I won't speak like details to all the levels, but you know, I. I do, I'm familiar with all at this point. Um, that first stage in in Dubai, that like skyscraper. Mm-hmm. Um, it also really serves just to show off how pretty this game is. Yes. So I don't know where you all are playing it. I'm playing it on PC. Um, I have a 3080 in this thing. I'm running everything at like max settings. It is a gorgeous game. Yeah. Yeah, and what I hear is it's it's not RTX. Like all those reflections are manual. Like they did all that stuff without using ray tracing. It's- yeah, there is no ray tracing option. It's just like kind of god particles and and whatever. But wow, they fake it really well. Like there is some yeah. stuff that first level, you come up to like a reception in like the lobby of this giant tower, and as you come around the corner, the sun like the the sun shines around. Yeah, and it it actually like kind of half blinded me for a second like i had to step like turn 47 away Hmm. because like like wow like they they then it's beautiful the lighting is beautiful the reflections are beautiful like they really man they just made some gorgeous playgrounds in which you just are there to cause trouble (laughs) Hmm. and uh and that first level i think is great uh the second stage which is very much inspired by knives out yeah or or any agatha christie novel yeah (laughs) where, where you are it's almost like Hitman in reverse. Like, you were there to collect the intel to solve a murder as opposed to commit. I mean, you're also there to whack somebody, you know, yeah. but, like, yeah. you've got this other thing going on, and that might be the best. It's at least, it, it maybe it needs to be in its own category, but it's certainly one of the best that I, they've made. I thought the solving the murder just, like, went along with it. Well, you, you grab the detective's disguise, now you have to solve the murder. So I mean, can, mm. could you just infiltrate and kill her in by other means, or are you there? Oh, absolutely! To yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So in fact, solving the mystery is just Matt mentioned like the mission stories. Mm. Solving the mystery is like the key mission story to like learning what that map is all about. Because then when you solve it, it's like, thanks. What prize would you like? I don't know. How about we talk privately for a moment? And then yeah. you know, um, so like. But yeah, there's there are other means, right? Like you can go in as a gardener or like. Uh, there, she's. There's like a mock funeral happening, so you can dress up as the Undertaker and bury her alive. Apparently. Oh, oh hell <laughs> like, yeah! There's some. There's some awesome Tombstone stuff. Yeah, there's some great <laughs> stuff you can do. Uh, that map's great. The and, and so like I won't get into like because like I said I'm. They did a lot with the story. They have obviously made really impressive strides in telling it. I'm just there for playing around and messing around with the parts of the levels. Yeah. But uh, but like in terms of the other levels, not to spoil things. There's a Berlin club level after that, which um, I'll be honest to think might be the worst in the whole trilogy, but that's just me. Um, but they got that. There's a there's a. Oh wait, wait, le- wait! I played through Mumbai from two. Mumbai is the worst level. I don't know. Like, I don't know, dude. Try, have you tried the Berlin level? <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. But my Mumbai is Ooh. like literally amazed that you're playing it, and you're like, "Where the fuck am I, dude?" Cool. Okay, so start with that with the Berlin level and add some more stuff that's not so. Oh no! <laughs> but anyways, so you got that. Um, <clears throat> there's a there's a level in China that does like aesthetically some stuff that. I have not seen in any other level that's just China. Yeah, you've got like China. <laughs> we don't have to talk about that guy anymore. Move on. There's like <laughs> there's like drone cameras flying around. It's very like cyberpunk like. It's super like it's very. I don't know if this is true, but it kind of seems 
you know what? All right, I'm okay. Theory. Here we go. Mm. Every level in this game is inspired by a movie. First one, Probably. Mission Impossible. Second yes. level, Knives Out. Third level, John Wick club scene. Fourth level, uh, what did I say? What's what's the fourth stage? Uh, uh, um, wow, I just uh, China. Very Blade Runner twenty forty nine or like cyberpunk is what it feels like. Is this a framework video on the YouTube channel Framework? <laughs> it's not. It is not. But mm. you're awfully close. Uh, and we'll leave it at that because as of the time this episode goes up, I haven't said what it is yet. Um, right. but you're awfully close. Um, nice. yeah. So it's it's. This it's real. It's really good. Like I hesitate to say it's the best because each one has such a a mix of maps, right? Like I think it's more about what maps do you like as opposed to which of the yeah. three games do you like, and you don't have to choose. Sort of depending on where you've played previously, Matt. I know you had some issues with that. So so that's the the only the only drawback to the game so far is there are some. The concept is you're supposed to be able to import, assuming you're playing on the same platform. Which I've been playing on. I'm playing on an OG Xbox, and it still looks beautiful, by the way. But so I, I own the game, all three games on Xbox. So theoretically, I'm supposed to be able to import maps from one and two, and just play everything through three, so that I can go back, delete those other games from my hard drive. It is. It's recognizing two just fine. It's not working for one. It's a little. It, it was like this for two as well, where you need to get like this one piece of legacy DLC that it'll only give you for free if it sees this right thing you've downloaded. It's a pain. That'll get sorted. The other thing that is not currently working, and probably by the time you're listening to this, it'll probably be fixed, is you're supposed to be able to transfer your character progress from older games into three. Um, so every actually just from two yeah, into bring three. in all your new toys and stuff, right? Because you unlock the more mastery you get of each map, and the mastery you you get experience in each map by trying different things, doing kills different ways, and that unlocks mastery. And and mastery will give you more options. It's like ah, uh, you could start this map with a rocket launcher if you want, or something like that. So um, that isn't working yet, and it's a bummer because when it does work, it resets your progress in three. So there's so, sort of de-incentivizing me like I should I don't want to play too much of three because I just know it will reset my progress when that feature works um but when it does theoretically it should be cool like so what are they calling this the world world of assassination is is what the name they've given this whole thing where you, all three games are in one Yuck, but cool I your assassination but there you go come with, come with me and you'll see um but it's not working as promised yet but when it does Hitman 3 is going to be pretty When it awesome. does, you'll already be finished with the game, probably. That's the beauty of these things. You can play them for a long time. Yeah, yeah. and I will I will say I am... I understand why they changed it up, but, but wow, the episodic nature of the first one was just was such a smart use of episodic releases because then you had no choice but to go... Because the entire point is revisiting these maps, mastering them, learning the ins and outs, learning all the passages, how the NPCs move about, what goes where, what items interact with what. Mm -hmm. And when you only had one per, like, what do they release, like, bi-monthly or something like that? Like, whatever the yeah. release schedule was, you really had the time to sink into it. And it was also much more of a tease of, like, oh, here's the new map that's coming, right? Like, I, I remember Michael said, You're, we, we can't talk about it, but they had a level where you, you could kill a Trumpian character. Well, so that they tried to overcome after one, what two did is they put a higher emphasis on those, are they called priority targets? Or it's something with the targets, which is more like a live service, like, hey, this week, oh, this is yeah, this special. The, um, oh, what, 
elusive targets. Elusive targets. So, so this week, this is the special target. You can only get him this week. They made the mistake, though, of making that time sensitive. Like, if you didn't own the game that one week in that December, you're never seeing it. Like, they had, you could kill Gary Busey. You could mm-hmm. kill Sean Bean as Gary an Busey target. or Gary Cole. I think it was it was yeah. it that people voted on which one they wanted to make it into the game. I think yeah, so. Yeah, which Gary? Mm-hmm. And 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 you could yeah, Sean Bean was like an elusive target, and then like it was just gone, and you couldn't go back to those, and it was a bummer. I think for this one, it's more just like, hey, these are going to be on a rotating schedule. You'll be able to to because that's the other thing is like we're just kind of talking about the main game mode, which is the play, the sandbox mode. There's all these other modes that come with it. There's like a sniper mode. There's this elusive target mode. You can create your own contracts and challenge your friends. Like there's a lot to this game that I probably won't touch 90% of that stuff. But even then with just the sandbox mode, it's it's literally hundreds of hours if you want to play around with it. Like it's a it's a pretty good pretty good experience. Yeah, and it's you know, we were talking about I was saying how I don't care too much for, like, the macro story that's going on necessarily because, like, I mean, it's there and, yes, they put attention into it. And I'm not saying it's not interesting. It's just not why I play. But kind of um, hypocritically to that or, or, like, you know, oxymoronic to that is the fact that what I do really enjoy is all the interplay that happens in the levels because there are, like, recurring characters throughout all of these levels. Like, somebody will show up in one location like they'll be at the Paris fashion show and then there'll be a patient at the hospital in yeah. Hokkaido like at the end of one yeah they, they reference mm. a lot of your kills in future games too it's mm-hmm. like oh he mm-hmm. was working for this movie director and now he's not and you know. yeah 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 like you talk you talk about Matt how this is a world and it really feels like that like mm-hmm. I, I remember specifically in the in the first game one of your hits is on this like musician this like indie rocker guy Second or third one, you're in Bangkok, and it's, like, the hotel, and the guy's, like, set up his recording studio. And oh, yeah, So his yeah. band, but his band is referenced throughout the game. People talk about how they're a fan of his hit single or whatever. Right. Um, and then, of course, after you do that hit, it's like, oh, man, that famous singer is dead. So there really is, there's the overall narrative, but these sort of puzzle piece NPCs and, like, that sort of interconnection between the levels, I just think is is just a phenomenal achievement. Yeah. Uh, for, for IOI, like for what they've created. Yeah, I, I I loved like in the second one there was that tattoo artist P Power, and you can just tell oh, like yeah. yeah he's gonna be he's gonna be like referenced in future games like oh yeah this is a P Power tattoo yeah or just the idea that like man all these people just also just happen to look like forty seven like there was a great yeah. there's a tweet I saw it was like every Hitman three level is like. Uh, oh, good things. Good thing bureaucrat so and so is doing her favorite leisure time activity: tightrope, tightroping across across a pit of hungry lions. Yeah. Fortunately for you, forty seven, the lion tamer looks <laughs> just like you. Like <laughs> every stage is that, and every costume is that, and it's like, yeah, like like the 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 deadpan comedy of all of it too is just yeah, I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend it. I think the running joke is just that 47, for whatever reason, has one of those faces that looks like everybody. He's like yeah. Roger from family, from uh, American Dad. But but the best part is the, the absurdity this game can get to. So in like in 2, and sorry to keep talking about 2, there's a mission where at one point you have to be this Indian tailor. And it's like, you look nothing like this man. He's like this 70-year-old man. And it's just like, that's what makes it absurd is everyone just buys that you're him mm-hmm. just because you, you have his clothes on. It's like, no, this is ridiculous. Like this you're, this man's wearing just like a fake mustache and these bad clothes. And all this is supposed to be this guy. Like, mm-hmm. no. But it kind of just makes it funnier when you play it. You're like, sure, all yeah. right, fuck yeah. it. <laughs> they don't know. Yeah. 
So, thoroughly, yeah, if you've played the first two, you gotta play three. If you haven't played the first two, then, like, you probably should before you do three, just mechanically, I feel like. Maybe? I don't know. Kotaku has a good article. They're basically recommending you could skip one, uh, just play two and three. Like, two kind of, they they really hit the stride of that formula. Like, if you're trying to prep and get ready, uh, I would play just two and three. That's that's really when the story started firing on all cylinders, I, I would too. say also, like, if, you, if you're not that invested and you're just like, I want to see what three can do, you... Sure. That's like, I, I didn't feel like I was lost because, again, like, okay, this, the story is interesting, but, like, I feel like it establishes what's going on pretty well right from the yeah. start. I don't feel lost. Yeah. Like, who are all these people? Yeah. Oh, I don't even know if I'm, if I'm saying that from a story perspective, though. I just mean, like, mechanically speaking because, like, it can be overwhelming. But I guess they all onboard you fairly well, so maybe yeah. that's not really just, an issue. Just do the, the, the fake ship tutorial, which is, which is recycled <laughs> from two and is great. Yeah. Yeah. And from one, actually, it's the yeah, same. Yeah, they just oh, give me the same three. training mission. Because why? Because it's 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 forty seven training mission. Why would they yeah. need to redo well, there's that? There's a story you know? reason for one. it. Actually, it was the yeah. head of the ICA's his most infamous mission. No, that that's not the ship mission. That's the next mission, which is at the air. That's the airplane hangar where you can eject the guy. You can tamper with his ejection seat right. and eject yeah. him into yeah. the ceiling. Yeah. That's pretty great. But there's they give story missions for like, oh, this is why you train on this mission. It's because it's our our head of ICA's uh, most famous mission and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. Big old narcissist, apparently. Yeah. I just want to, before we, like, you know, wrap it up on that, um, I'm curious for those who have played, like, Matt, do you have a favorite map out of the trilogy? Well, I haven't, I can't, I can't say for three. Um, my favorite for two by far is the suburb level, which it has a name. It's like something. Whittleton Creek. Yeah, there it is. Um, yeah. Because I think I like when it gets absurd. That, that level's also big. Like, I do like when they get grand in scope, but that level has a nice good combination of manageable and size but lots of absurdity and especially if you live in the suburbs it's just like the dramas that play out and like the little there's stuff that's like unrelated to kills that sometimes you'll find out info that can help you for a kill later but it's just like i was just standing in this person's house they were having a barbecue and these neighbors were like in his study and they uncovered that oh he's actually uh a famous female like romance author like has a nom de plume and stuff like that and they're like freaking out like oh my god so and so is this person and i'm like that that so didn't need to be there but i just love being there for mm-hmm. that shit so yeah i i like that map that's a good one for me for me it's uh it's either the paris map from the it's it's like the yeah. opening maps usually like it's either paris from the first one or miami from the second like i just I miami's are- good with the racetrack that's mm-hmm. really good mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot going on in that map I yeah. think, yeah, I really like the Paris map, the the fashion week one in in the first one, and then yeah, uh, yeah the the Little, Littleton Creek. Like I played that for for our uh, post uh, postal workers episode, and uh, yeah, I just kind of got hung up on the checklistiness of it. It's just like oh, it's not only do I have to just kill this guy, I also have to like gather this intel and creep into yeah, these other like houses. Yeah, three or four tapes seen. you gotta get or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just like, but there's eh. some cool shit. Like you stumble upon this like secret society within a secret society, mm-hmm. and you find out like you sneak into this neighbor's house and she's like mending this robe that he's using to attend the secret society. Right, like there's yeah. a lot of, it's got that, that humor of like, um, like what Edward Scissorhands has of like, Hey, there's a lot of really nefarious shit just below the surface of the suburbs. It feels like uh, early sixties, late fifties suburbia instead of modern suburbia. Yeah. 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 And yeah. it's, it's supposed to be like a Vermont suburb or something. Mm-hmm. So there's even like a politician who has like a tent set up there. It's, there's a lot to explore in that level. I yeah, like it yeah, a lot. Yeah. 
All right. Well, we should probably move on to... You know, it's really interesting that our number one in the top five was Mortal Kombat because I am kicking off the new segment with the PGA Hollywood segment. <laughs> there you go. Oh, no, I have music. I will. Trust me. I will put music on it. Uh, did you guys see those Entertainment Weekly shots of the upcoming Mortal Kombat movie? No. No. Sub Zero's forehead. <laughs> It sure looks like a Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, Sub Zero does look a little bit like WCW's Glacier, but we will we will overlook that. Uh, no, so so they had some shots uh, showing all the characters. No, like big name actors I could see, um, but it looked it looked like it was grounded more in reality. Like there's a lot of MMA influence to the fighting scenes. They, they had a lot of stills of like mid fighting scene. I'm not shitting on the movie, but someone else had pointed out like this is a in a COVID world, this is a movie coming out in days that they've never yes. shown a picture or a trailer from. Well, let me read a little synopsis, which is usually a huge red flag for a movie like this. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris, we have a brand new character uh, named Louis Tan. Oh, he's going to be great. He's a washed up MMA fighter who bears a birthmark in the shape of the Mortal Kombat symbol on his chest. Louis Tan is the actor you have written down here. He's Cole oh, Young. Oh, I'm sorry. Louis Tan as the all new character. Uh, Tan. Uh, Tan. Well, Cole Young. Uh, no, no, no. Louis now, Tan, I can get into. Louis Tan is the all new character. <laughs> oh. He's portrayed by Cole Young. Oh, okay. He is the washed up MMA fighter. Birthmark, Mortal Kombat symbol. Got it. We're all up to speed. This is how he will eventually meet right in the Elder God, blah, blah, blah. Train for a tournament. I don't like in video game movies where they feel the need to introduce a new character to, I guess, serve yeah. as a proxy for us, the audience. Especially when it's missing another character that that actor could probably just as easily portray, which is Johnny Cage. Uh, yeah, there's that, yeah. too. Yeah, just, um, but Johnny Cage has not been the center focus of Mortal Kombat for a long time. He kind of was in the in in the 10. games. He yeah, was in ten. Yeah, nine, it's interesting. But... You were talking about how this seems like very MMA influenced and, and grounded. It's mm -hmm. uh, you know Mortal Kombat itself is like very heavily inspired by Bloodsport, and mm -hmm. this almost seems like it's coming full circle now to just make Bloodsport. Yeah, but Bloodsport and Big Trouble in Little China had a. Awful yeah. fucking baby. Like that. <laughs> it's Mortal yeah, well, which was, I mean, Bloodsport was also inspired by the Bruce Lee movie where you go to an island and have a enter, combat tournament. Enter the Dragon, yeah. and that's basically yeah. what the original Mortal Kombat movie was. It was just Enter the yeah. Dragon with yeah. a bunch of fantasy shit inserted. The the only reason I'm holding out a little hope for this is it's R-rated, first of all, and they are <laughs> promising it will have fatalities, some of which will be classic fatalities we will recognize. So. I want to see a guy's head get punched off. I want to see a penguin waddle over and explode. Yes. I want to see an MMA fighter block and look up three times. That's <laughs> right. I want to have to watch the movie like 17 times to see that thing go by the moon so mm -hmm. I can go watch the movie with a reptile in it. One for every rib cage that pops out of him when the fatality yeah, yeah. occurs. There's a lot of rib cages. Ah, there. shit. I wasn't two body lengths apart. I didn't <laughs> defeat my opponent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so that's the Hollywood news. Michael, I know you forbid me to talk about this person, but I have to yeah, because it is the week. Yeah, he's not president anymore. Who cares? 
we we officially get to kick him out just like uh twitch have not only temporarily suspended they permanently suspended and removed donald trump's account indefinitely uh so they had frozen his account uh right after the capitol riots uh, but the account was still live people could watch past streams they could rebroadcast st- stuff but now it's gone completely uh they so they they took the suspension one step further on wednesday they completely removed the account uh, no one can – he can't appeal the ban. He can't create another account. I'm, I'm sure he's heartbroken. He's not going to be able to stream Burger Time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, listen. I, I know we're having fun, but, you know, I think you know, this is a real free speech issue. You know? oh, like, you can't just be <laughs> – You can't just ban people for blatantly violating the terms of service <laughs> terms over and over service, again for yeah. years. And you don't even have to argue that. This is a guy who has his emails printed out. He doesn't know how to spell Twitch. No. He's never been here. He could never broadcast on his own. My favorite part oh, of that man. is when it was his spokesperson appearing on a national news channel talking about how they were being censored. I'm like, you have a platform right now. Yeah, you I'm, just, right. yep. I'm just thinking like, hey, Twitch, welcome to part five of my Yakuza <laughs> 3 stream. Hello, world. What am I going to do here? What well, a little bit of everything. They say there's 120 stars. I don't believe them. I've only seen 110. That's just Alec Baldwin's Trump now. You're just It's true, well. but that's how I do it. That's my impression. There's 10 stars. There's 10 beautiful stars. That's the highest number. I was told there would be cake. The cake is a lie. <laughs> I was told that's a reference. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I told that's a reference to some movie, television show, or MMA battle. I think the reasoning Twitch gave is actually pretty interesting. The Twitch spokesperson said, The president's statements continue to be interpreted as calls to action, and we are taking this action to remove the potential for harm to our community and the general public. Like, fucking Since I have the opportunity to say it, it's obviously too late, but it's a great thing to do to minimize damage from a crazy person who is... Making other people crazy and do crazy things, you take away their platform. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's about fucking time someone did this. And the only reason anybody did it is because he's without power. Yes. And if this was done years ago, we'd all be better off. It is definitely too late, but I honestly appreciate the wording there, because that's even more than most outlets have been saying. Yeah, straight up. Like, um, he... He is still uh, dog whistling and calling people to take action, or at least it's being interpreted that way. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to go ahead and take him off our platform. Yeah, mm-hmm. but and and and, and Video Game Apocalypse has taken the the step like he is not going to be a guest for the next three shows. No, yeah, like no, yeah, no. no. he's going to be on the next bonus time though. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> He'll be Patreon. Have had a lot of time to make turkey sandwiches. Hear from the president. <laughs> you know, Kingdom Hearts Two really is the best one. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. First one had more platforming. <laughs> Damn, you guys are good at that. Um, Sometimes you just want to dance with Ariel. It's because we watch a lot of SNL. <laughs> uh, this last bit of news circles back again, ties into the top five. We we mentioned um, uh, Tomonobu Itagaki uh, was the producer on the Ninja Gaiden reboot series. Um, he was also a producer on the Dead or Alive series. He has started a new studio. Um, it's called Itagaki Games. He explained it's not part of Koei Tecmo. It's not part of the other game studio he was he had founded, which is called Valhalla Game Studios. They're the people that did Devil's Third. Anyone remember Devil's Third? Yes. I didn't play first or second. Hmm. <laughs> I, I bought a copy. I still haven't cracked it open. But he, he will force all employees to wear sunglasses inside. 
Mm-hmm. That's the thing. That's that. Is, he mm-hmm. was the rock star Japanese developer that, if you don't remember who he was, he's the dude with sunglasses and leather jackets. Like, that is all I knew about him for the longest yeah. time. It's like he does Ninja Gaiden, leather jackets, and yeah. sunglasses. We, we met him once, and he came to do a, a Dragon Sword demo in our office, and it, it, he struck me as like, oh, he's very nice to me, considering, like, uh, he has a reputation for being kind of abrasive, but... Yeah. Yeah. Just like, he, he was very patient and was like helping me like, okay, now do this. And yeah, you know, this is how you control the game and hold it this way. And yeah. One thing uh, that was interesting with this announcement, I can't tell if this is like him fishing or not, but he strays up, like he straight, straight out, like calls out Microsoft. He, he says, I know Microsoft is, a, is still aggressive. Um, if they reach out to me, it will be an honor for me. Um, this is the guy who he had several titles that had Xbox exclusivity with the Ninja Gaiden and Dead or Alive. So he's basically just kind of, Putting it out there like, hey, Microsoft, I'm available. Would love I'm to here. do something for I'm you. Next I would love baby. that exclusive funding. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. That's exactly what this is. So. Yep. But no word on what it is he's actually doing. Yeah. Like, he's just he's just at a new studio or starting a new studio. I mean, if you kind of look at his other games, you can kind of... Right. He's got a pedigree. <laughs> yes. He's, he's got a style. He's got a style. And I like his style. I, 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 I like, yeah. We had all these years of Ninja Guy Den, aka Ninja Side Story. Maybe we'll just oh, get yes. proper Ninja and get the, <laughs> the normal story. He, he, he tricked Ninja. He, he tricked Nintendo into Devil's Third. So why not? I honestly don't remember. I don't. I know that name. I don't remember even what yeah. that game looks I like. Think it came out on PC like a few weeks later. Oh, this game, right? Okay, yeah. sorry. Uh, audio medium. Uh, don't bother looking up Devil's Third. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was looking up like, wait, Ninja Gaiden strangely was not the original Japanese name for that series. It was Ninja Ryukenden, which means uh, Legend of the Ninja Dragon Sword. So, okay, so it's only a side story here. Yeah, I have no idea why that title was changed. That's really weird. Interesting. Yeah, it's much like uh, I guess because Gaiden sounded cool. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. It does. Sound I mean, they did sweet. the same. Whereas. The reverse of that we had in Japan, Majora's Mask is Zelda Gaiden. So mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah, uh, that's all the news that is fit to play. It's a short one this week, guys. Nice, nice. Yeah, Ninja Gaiden's like along with Ryu is like one of the words that like I had to retrain myself after pronouncing it wrong in childhood. Like Ryu and Ninja Gaiden. I yeah, I was a Ninja Gaiden guy. I think I've said the name Raiden like three different ways this show yeah. alone. I might have called him Raiden at one point. Well, Raiden. in in Mortal Kombat, it is correctly Raiden. Everywhere else, it should be Raiden. <laughs> okay, yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week was: What's a mostly dead or obsolete game genre you wish would see a resurgence? Um, Tony, you weren't here last week. Is there one that you'd like to see come back? Uh, yeah, in fact, um, if you want me to just uh, read one of your answers here, it's basically the same answer sure. for me. <laughs> um, the Dork Knight uh, on Twitter says, The genre I want to see come back is the collect-a-thon style of game in the vein of Banjo-Kazooie or Donkey oh. Kong 64. Sure, there's ukulele, but that's about it. I would like to see games with open levels and so many things to collect that it gets boring after a while. Mm. I don't necessarily endorse his last little phrase there, but about <laughs> getting boring. But uh, but straight up, that is my answer. Um, I may have said on this show once before that um, Banjo Tooie is my favorite game of all time. Wow! Um, I've heard it, it. Not not because of the collecting aspect, but that is a big part of it. And yeah, like that that style, or or even just you know explorative platformers. 
aren't really around so much anymore. Mm. Um, like, we get some of it, and we certainly have, like, our cinematic platformers, right? Like, oh, yeah. our Uncharted's and things like that, but... You should play just Immortals as- Phoenix Rising. I I I I'm playing Hitman. Mm. That's my excuse right now. <laughs> um but yeah, like the idea of like just we're dropping you in this playground to go find stuff. Um that just doesn't really exist anymore. Like mm. I'm um we get some of it on in the indie side, right? Like there was a game Poi I really liked. A Hat in Time is great. So uh, like it's not that it's non-existent, but um that's what play, I want to uh, see come back. New Lucky Tales or maybe 3D Mario 3D All-Stars. <laughs> well, I played uh, believe me, I went back to those. Mm-hmm. I went back to recently to play the Spyro trilogy because I'd heard it's good great. things about that. It's It's great. It's, it's one of those though. It's a total collectathon and I'm like, I don't know why I want to collect all the gems, but I do. Like it's mm. Because in collecting them, you're doing interesting platforming. That's why. Uh-huh. That's the secret. Ah. Uh. You are right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, that that's my answer. Same as the Dork Knight here. Good answer, Dork Knight. You are Knight. you win. You win the me prize for this episode. Uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping Psychonauts two will maybe invigorate some of that. I know that's not technically a collectathon, but like as far as bringing platformers back, I'm hoping that'll inspire yeah, some new stuff. There were collectibles in those. Yeah, games. nothing's taken so really? far, but that'll be the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, on VideoGamePocalypse.com, Triskitable says, I miss tough stealth games that punish inattentive and careless players. Series like Splinter Cell, Metal Gear Solid, and Thief popularized this with games that rewarded patience and careful planning in a medium that tends to shy away from it. Replaying missions over and over to learn fast and sneaky routes, KO the fewest guards, and shoot out the fewest lights, and satisfy all the optional objectives for the best rating. Outside of Hitman, the hardcore stealth game is all but dead. While it's fun, it doesn't scratch the same itch as Splinter Cell Chaos Theory or Thief 2. Too open-ended. Too many options. Yeah, isn't there uh, Tenchu supposed to be coming back? I thought I heard. So, uh... Maybe maybe Tenchu weirdly became... I shouldn't phrase it that way, because I don't know if that's true, but, like, sort of became Sekiro to some degree. Hmm. Like, like, isn't that, like, it was kind of a Tenchu game? Like, it's clear, like, that's... Maybe it, sort of where they start. a little bit of tension DNA, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. In that, if you're if you get in a fight, you're fucked because you're not supposed to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're supposed to get in fights in Sekiro. Hmm. I mean, I w- well, I was gonna say, and to that degree, like I know this isn't really what 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 uh, they're looking for here, but um, uh, like the the From Software games sometimes are that. Like there often is a path for like sneaking around or cheesing something and sure maybe people will like be late will, will like you know poke fun at that and say that's not the right way to play but that is an avenue in those games in many ways it's true. yeah i think i was watching um who is it from game spot that is all about bloodborne and now oh, he's tam a- yeah good old yeah i was watching Timur, yep. T- Timur do a uh he was doing a playthrough of, of sekiro and he's he cheesed a boss by making like a demon fall off a ledge by yep. going to a certain yeah, yeah, yeah. spot that, that is the yeah i saw that too i didn't realize that was possible yeah the like the super boss in that game it's yeah. possible if you get up on a certain ledge to just make it walk off a cliff <laughs> yeah, it's like a jump that you're not supposed to be able to make and he had to do it like 20 times or something yeah. before he finally yeah. made it and yeah 
Yeah, for, for sure. Uh, Colin O'Hara says, I feel like real-time strategy games are pretty much dead. All that remains are Paradox-published 4X games and Blizzard's reanimating StarCraft and WarCraft corpses. Maybe I'm wrong, but the last new RTS I played, I think, was Dawn of War Trace. I don't know what caused these games to die out. So much of our modern gaming world has spun off from these games' custom mods, like things like Dota, League of Legends, World of Warcraft, World of Warships, and yet, unless you put Total War in front of it, you will likely not get any RTS experience, and even those games are a 4x strategy game with semi-optional rts battles games like command and conquer and company of heroes have just vanished from the gaming landscape replaced with turn-based strategy games and 4x grand strategy games this reminds me of editing pc gamer where i'm like i'm not qualified to talk about this at all <laughs> it's I, I, always I, been my least favorite genre in yeah. video game like real-time strategy specifically mm. i like turn-based strategy a little more, but I, I just... I liked Warcraft a lot. Starcraft, but that's about it. Um, I can read Chris Baker's column. Oh, please do. Because I'm tired and hammered. Uh, Baker says, this isn't a, a genre so much as an approach, but as a fan of licensed games, I really miss I really miss game adaptations. Uh, and by that I mean games that were... Uh, where we're getting uh, what's usually an action-based representation, uh, reinterpretation of the events of the source material, usually a movie, but occasionally comics, TV shows, episodes, etc., um, but in the form of a game. As much as I love uh, the recent Spider-Man, Arkham, and Star Wars games, they tend to present entirely new takes on the properties we love. They're not the adaptations many licensed games were till about the 2000s. Don't get me wrong, adaptation games... Often turn out terribly, but that's half the fun. I miss games like Super Star Wars that got totally crazy with the source material and had you fighting Sarlacc pits and slaughtering innocent Jawas and shit like that. Or uh, Maximum Carnage, uh, which told the whole story of, uh, of of the comic as a mostly out of character beat em up. On that note, let's start with, uh, Super Star Wars, colon, The Mandalorian, and Absolute Carnage, a recent Spidey Venom story. Mm, even if they suck, I'm there I'm there on day one. I get it. Yeah, that could be fun. <laughs> Might be something, uh, you know, with IO Interactive and that 007 license, too. Just saying. Oh. Yeah? Yeah? Haven't had a good movie license game in a very long time. Huh. One of the last ones I played that I remember thoroughly enjoying, and I say this in, with all sincerity... Piglet's Big Movie, the game. Very good. Yeah. Genuinely great game. It plays like an old like LucasArts point-and-click adventure where you're collecting things to like solve puzzles and bring Mo, people the right item. Oh, Piglet, you run out Genuinely of solid game, and each you level is like a... You to cool down, <laughs> and you could spend $2 right now and log your entire arsenal, Piglet. <laughs> Piglet, and Piglet, you must do the act of reload in order to shoot the enemy. <laughs> what was it? The, the Lilo and Stitch game that, like, oh, yeah. it was actually, like, yes. a Metal Slug clone, and, like, they, yes. they did it by, like, the that's developers amazing. kind of kept secret yeah. from Disney what they were doing until it was too late to do anything oh, about that's it. Yeah, the, the, the Game Boy game, I believe. Yeah, the, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. Also, uh, real quick, the Piglet game. Each level is a different member of the 100 Acre Woods Nightmare. Oh, goodness. Wow. Yeah. It, dude, for real, <laughs> it's a really cool licensed game. We did that so we're not liable for the trauma. I feel like, I feel like my like little sister rented it from like Blockbuster or something. And I was like, yeah, all right, I'll play this dumb game because it's here. 
Oh, mm-hmm. actually, this is really good. This whole entire hundred acre wood is a Vietnam flashback nightmare. That's why I can't stop here. There's a piglet, piglet, piglet. Do you hear the helicopters, piglet? Piglet, you stole my necklace made of ears. Uh, Andrew Harper says, I really miss arcade-style racers. Cruisin', Hydro Thunder, oh, Daytona, yeah. San Francisco Rush, over-the-top mm-hmm. racing games with exciting and bombastic tracks. There was a really cool trend in the early 2000s that can be seen in games such as Speed Devils or Splashdown 2, wherein the tracks would alter with each lap. I lived for that shit. Unfortunately, it's quite rare to see games go in this direction these days outside of the oddball indie paying tribute or Horizons DLC. It's it's really weird. It seems like that would be kind of a fun thing to do right now, especially with VR. Like a good... Mm. I, I, I I don't think it ever came to fruition, but I love the kick... I, I kick-started 90s arcade racer, <laughs> which is just like, yeah, you will go around a track, it'll be a tough racing game, but there'll also be T-Rex robots for no reason and mm. possibly hot air balloons. Like, yeah, that that's what I remember. This era was amazing for the closest great I can think of recently on rush from 2018 was pretty good. It was sort of that very arcadey racing. And it, they, they incentivized you by wrecking the other cars. And it was like, you had to try to land on cars after mm-hmm. jumps and stuff like that was cool, but not yeah, The levels didn't do the, the cool shit. He's talking about of like, yeah, I'm going to, it's like Tony Hawking the levels like, Oh yeah, this mm-hmm. giant dinosaur just fell in. Now it's a ramp. Yeah. I miss it. I miss it dearly. Andrew Harper. And, uh, uh, J.D. Bluffington says, uh, the genre I'd like to see um, make a comeback isn't niche, Overworlds. It started with both Zeldas on the NES, but really it was with Final Fantasy 1 through 9 that I fell uh, for and sought RPG ATB games uh, with whole worlds to explore. But uh, I'd like to see it in today's graphics. Mm. I don't know what you mean. I, I, I still think that looked like a montage if, with today's graphics, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that was almost just the necessity for the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like now the overworld is just the world, you yeah. know? Yeah, there's a little bit... I've been playing um, on Game Pass uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, and there's a mm-hmm. little bit of that when you're on mm-hmm. the ships, but then also, like, you can put that game in 2D mode because it's the, that special edition, like the definitive edition, which, when it goes into t- t- 2D mode, kind of has that feel of an overworld. Um, but, yeah, it's... I, I don't tweet anymore, but I did write it down. It's like I, I think all overworlds are based on where Indiana Jones had a layover. <laughs> like, <laughs> so whatever you said, da, 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 da. why do he stop in Lebanon? <laughs> oh, he probably, probably had to gas up or <laughs> do a transfer. Yeah. Doesn't Honestly, really matter. You know where you can get this fix? Play D and D. That's where you can get it, because <laughs> your DM is not going to want to fill in the whole world. Usually, just go to different towns. Yeah, <laughs> you magically appear in this town. Yep, you didn't have to take any off ramp or anything. We have a couple of video responses, beginning with Mike Amari, who says, "Hey, DJ Crew, Mike Amari here with the question of the week. Question of the week, of course, was 
Which seemingly long-dead genre would you like to see revitalized or come back? And it's a hard thing to pick because so many genres have been coming back so regularly. Things like FMV games have been around uh, for the last couple of years, and new versions of that have been coming up, interestingly enough. Uh, things like traditional isometric top-down, like computer-style RPGs like Wasteland and stuff like that have been you know, pretty popular. And so it's interesting to see that there's actually a lot of these genres are making comebacks, through things like uh, Indiegogo and you know Kickstarter and stuff like that. Uh, for me, though, the genre that we haven't really seen a revitalization of, and in fact keeps getting further and further away from being a reality, is a revitalization of the non-instrument-based rhythm games. Um, you see, back in the day, I loved things like Trap the Rapper. Um, Jammer Lammy was one of yes. my absolute favorite games on the PS1. On mm. um, PS2, you had Guitar Rumen, which had an excellent PSP release, by the way. That is the way to play it if you can find it. Uh, those games were crazy and quirky, and they had some of the best original music in it. And it's a shame that we don't see more of those. I get that TV technology has changed to the point where latency and sync up issues happen between audio and what we're seeing in button presses and what we're seeing on screen. But I'm pretty sure we can figure it out at this point. Uh, it's just that no one's making modern versions of these games. Uh, the most modern thing I can think of is that right at the end of the 360s life cycle, you did have Rock Band Blitz, which was more or less them making frequency and amplitude. Uh, the, the games for the PS2 that I absolutely loved, that got harmonics their start. And I would love to see re-releases of those games. My goodness, I, I loved mm -hmm. frequency and amplitude. And just interestingly built and designed uh, rhythm games with different mechanics or like quirky stories uh, like those old ones are something I would love to see come back. Thank you for listening to me this week, guys. I look forward to being with you again next week. No, oh, thank you. Make more Elite Beat Agents. Yes. I was going to say, Elite Beat Agents, please bring that back. Mike, I have some recommendations for you, though, if you haven't already played them. Definitely play Thumper. Thumper is mm. <laughs> one of the coolest rhythm games you'll ever play. It's freaking awesome. Um, can't recommend that enough. Cyanor Wild Hearts is very similar to that. Mm. And then it's not out. I'm not sure when it's coming out, but check out a game called Impossible Bottles. Uh, it's like they're building little robots inside of bottles to a beat. And I know that sounds like nonsense, but it's pretty neat. So there you go. Cadence of Hyrule comes to mind, and I, I've been playing Yakuza Zero, and there's so many terrible rhythm games in that, <laughs> that game. I mean, I'm thinking oh, awful. Like they they did either an amplitude or frequency remake uh, a few years ago for oh, PS4. Yeah, I remember that. And I've been getting a lot of mileage out of Fuser, which is a lot of fun. Although what I've been doing is just playing the freestyle mode and and uh, fusing tracks together to see like, okay, what what if Don't Fear the Reaper. But it's Dolly Parton's Jolene. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait for COVID to be over and Michael to invite us all over for his first, like, DJing set. <laughs> that will never happen. Somebody <laughs> once told me Jolene was gonna roll me. Oh, my God. Did you see Tyler's article about that in PC did. Gamer? Yeah. No? Yeah, yeah. I can't stop mixing the Shrek song and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it always works. It always works. It's yeah. It's one of the the songs included, like mm -hmm. the base songs when you start that game up. It makes yeah. sense. Mm -hmm. Lots of fun. Uh, and we also have a video answer from a Red Rock nine six three who says, "Hey VGA, it is Red Rock nine six three and my little buddy Alice oh, to talk about 
game genres that we want to see make a comeback. And I don't know if you guys played a game called Freedom Planet a while back. Yes. But it nailed that 16-bit aesthetic, the animal with a tood platformer. And I want that to come back something fierce. I, I played a lot of Sega Channel when I was a kid, so I played a lot of shitty platformers like Awesome Possum, but I also played a lot of awesome platformers like uh, Arrow the Acrobat, Rocket Knight Adventures, Dynamite Huddy, Restar, all those games I, I just love the shit out of, and I miss that so much. I'll, I'll even put in a good word for the original Bubsy. The original Bubsy, I don't think, was that bad of a game. And Freedom Planet just ticked all of those boxes, and I want to see that genre come back. Um, I hear that ukulele, that second one, kind of had a Donkey Kong thing going on, so I'll need to check that out. But yeah, we need more 16-bit platformers with Tude. That's what I would pick. I'm happy to see you guys again, and I hope you have an awesome week. Oh, you too. Thank I, you. I, lo- I love the game Freedom Planet, but I still can't help but feel that's going to be whatever Donald Trump calls his new party. For, <laughs> I, oh I love the original Bubsy in part because it was like the closest you could get to playing Sonic on a Super Nintendo. Right. But, yeah. but Freedom Planet rules, and I think a bunch of those people went on to make Sonic Mania. They did. And it's yep. delicious. New question of the week. Um, hmm, that's a good one. Inspired by... Because, because Hitman 3 is out this week, and it encourages you to... Pick up everyday items to use as weapons, whether you're clobbering people with them, stabbing with them, whatever. Uh, what is your favorite everyday item to use as a weapon in a game? Uh, my mind immediately goes to the sledgehammers in uh, Dead Rising that you could just find in the hardware store at the mall and grab them off a rack, just start smashing zombies with them, start smashing windows, who cares, whatever. Nothing's real. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm a big Monster Hunter fan, and they didn't do it that much with the newer games, but some of their weapons would be ridiculous. And in previous games, it's just like, yeah, I upgraded my equipment, and I'm a dual blader, so I have one blade for each hand. And sometimes they'd just be fish or a fork and spoon. <laughs> and it, it looks really funny. It never doesn't look funny beating the shit out of a giant monster with a fork and spoon. Hmm. Did you ever play with the God of War skin in the original God of War? Uh, no. Kratos up as a fish, and I think it replaced the uh, the Blades of Chaos with either fish hooks or fish. Is that two? Hmm. No, that, I think that, I thought it was one, but maybe it was okay. two. I don't know. Those early games run together in my head sometimes. Hmm. Well, you gentlemen know I'm a Yakuza man, mm. and in the Yakuza games, you can you can do this a lot. There's a lot of stuff that just happens to be conveniently lying around. Um, some of my favorites, uh, there's there's two. Uh, while I will say the baseball bat offers a nice, satisfying crunch, and the the wind up animation looks brutal. Um, my favorite things to hit people with in Yakuza games are the golf club because the animation and just what it does to the enemies is pretty awesome. Like they just mm-hmm. go fucking flying. Um, and bicycles. Yes, I thank love you. The, I love picking up the bicycles, <laughs> slamming them down on dudes when they're on the ground, uh, and then doing the Bruce Lee like jump in the air and stomp on top of the bicycle on top of the dude. It is the most satisfying feeling in all of gaming, pretty much. It's I was going to be rad. very disappointed if you didn't mention the bicycles. The bicycles I've been playing a lot awesome. of Yakuza, and I'm like, no, I want to surround him with the middle of the bicycle and then turn the bike on its side and kick it down the street. <laughs> 
with, a, <laughs> with an armless man trying uh, to figure out what to do. That don't give him like ideas the for the fun. next one. That's, that would be good, actually. And it could make little squeaky sounds like... <laughs> I'm uh, I'm picturing like some of the weapons that I would use in Hitman and then just thinking about them in other games and I think frying pans are pretty funny. There's something about Always. like the sound effect that usually accompanies it and uh, specifically the satisfying dong? Is that what we're going yes, for? Yes, yep, that's it. <laughs> specifically the satisfying dong of Conquer and Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Um <laughs> because Right in the beginning of that game, there's like a gargoyle on a bridge, and you have to knock it off said bridge, and mm-hmm. you do so by hitting it with a frying pan. And I remember um, that sound effect just making my brother and I laugh so hard <laughs> because it is just like the Foley work on it is, is perfect. And uh, yes, we were definitely playing Conquer well ahead of when we should have. <laughs> Said no one about any N64 game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I remember that. And frying pan's also pretty useful in, you know, your uh, your PUBGs or whatever, too. When, like, you right. can actually hear a bullet bounce off of it if you've got it on your right. back. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, you, n- you never forget your first stuff. satisfying dong, mm. do you? It's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so what is your favorite everyday item to use as a weapon in a game? Let us know. Go to videogameapocalypse.com, answer under the comments for episode 403, or you can ping us on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer, or uh, just hit us up on Twitter, at VGApocalypse, and we will collect the best answers and read them on next week's show. Anyway, that has been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Uh, Tony... Once again, tell the people where they can find you. Hey, well, thank you for having me back. Uh, oh, of course, I hope thank people you for aren't me. tired of hearing my voice yet. <laughs> but uh, thank you very much. Um, yeah, so I, I run a YouTube channel called Framework. Um, you can go to tinyurl.com slash frameworkyt. That'll take you right to the YouTube channel. Um, you can also follow it on fra- on excuse me on Twitter at framework underscore video. I'm personally on Twitter at chaingunpope. Um, yeah, I try to make videos about games that people like, but about things that maybe, uh, they don't really think about. Um, so for example, I've done videos on the diversity in Hades. I've done a video on the flashback tapes in Crash Bandicoot 4. And my new one has not been revealed as of the time of this episode, so I won't tell you what it's about. Uh, but you can check that out, uh, within the coming days. Um, I'll have a new one coming up that I'm pretty excited about. Nice. Chris, man. Oh, laser time. 302010 Patreon. I'm so tired. Let me go to sleep. Okay. <laughs> Just uh, not off if you want to see me playing some Hitman, check me out on Twitch. It's Maddie C. Allen, M-A-T-T-Y-C-A-L-L-E-N. And if you want to know when I'm going live, subscribe to me on Twitter, at Maddie C. Allen. Just that simple. Once again, pay us for exclusive shows at patreon.com slash laser time. Yes. Uh, we've got spoiler cast. Special guests. So many special guests. Yes, so many. The biggest. <laughs> the best special guests. <laughs> Everybody. I would give my left nut to anybody who... A politician who doesn't say everybody's saying this when nobody's saying anything about that. To never hear that again, yeah. somebody should get the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh-huh. Fuck's sake. I would give my left nut to Lance Armstrong because I'm a humanitarian. Why? So I, I believe you don't know which nut he lost. You just outweighed him, and he'll never cycle again. <laughs> <laughs> like 
He's he's so he right two, heavy. It's two left nuts. He's he so has, left heavy. He has, he has to, you know how like when you're tired of pedaling and you kind of ride with both legs on one side of the seat. Yeah, you know, yeah, for a he's moment. Gonna, he's, he's gonna look like a car on two wheels because of your giant nut uh, doubling up on his left one. Oh, thank you for the compliment to the size of mine. Yeah. Well, I mean, like every man likes a, a big giant nut. So. Hey, we're both Italian. We know right. what's up. Hey, look at this. <laughs> hey, look at these ski ohms I'm swinging over your head. <laughs> Lots of people who saying they would give their left nut so that I can eat it. I want to eat your left nut. <laughs> no challenge it's, it's like It's like a medicine ball, but bigger. It's what we're swinging over here as Italians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The biggest nuts. Ladies love giant testicles. Uh, for giant testicles, go to patreon.com slash laser time and Chris will tell you about his. You're anyway. a nice pair that you can just sit on if you need to de-stress. Yeah, yeah. yeah go to patreon.com slash laser time. At the $30 level, I'll, I'll fruit bowl the Logitech camera. <laughs> and you can see what kind of no- <laughs> what kind of uh, orchard I'm dealing with. I won't. I'm just a guest. You gotta, yeah, you gotta go true. to other channels for that. But you can imagine. Mm. imagine Framework's like, not... <laughs> I don't, like, I don't look have at my nuts and imagine something firmer. Yet. That's what Sony's working with. Nice. <laughs> uh, you can visit us online at VigiGameApocalypse.com uh, Alternately, hit us up on Twitter at VGApocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas Follow me, my ego needs the boost uh, That's AZ, not easy, by the way Anyway, that has been our show Thanks for listening, everybody We'll see you next week Like uh, you want to take two grapes and then kind of pump them up with a mm-hmm. bike t- inflate tire inflator. Yeah, you want to uh, break a beige boomerang in half and then shove it. In, but never mind. We're almost done <laughs> with this shit, bird. Let me you wrap it up. All of this. <laughs>